0: Open the pod bay doors, Hal.
1: I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Listen to that. She's gonna look the night. What music, Dave? What an excellent day for an exorcism.
0: You wouldn't be able to do these awful things to me if I weren't still in this chair. But you are, Blanche. You are in that chair. What's in the box? Uh, the what's gun? in the
1: box? What's in the box? Wolves have a territorial range of about 300 miles and a cut range of 30. If we're close to their den, and if we're within that radius, then they'll come after us. Well, how can we tell if we're close? We can't.
0: What well, in God's name are you talking about? Their yes, son, Mr.
2: Thornton.
1: The son of the devil. He time,
0: die, Mr. Thorne! do not want to go that way. What's that way?
3: Officer, sir, you do not want to go that way. We're going to the mall. Hello, Dexter Morgan. Hello, welcome once again to your Dark Discussions, your place for the discussion of horror, film, fiction, and all that's fantastic. I am one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A. And with me in the state of Michigan. This is Eric. Eric, how are you, sir? I am well. Excellent. Uh, I think last week you said, I am here. So, it must be a better, better week.
4: Yes. Yes. Last week, kind of blue.
3: I understand. And in the state of New York? Hi, this is Mike. Mike, how are you?
5: I'm fine, you lying old dirty bird.
3: <laughs> <laughs> wow, it yeah. so begins. And in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Hey, this is Barrett. Barrett, how are you? Good. Very good, very good. Uh, for folks who are curious, uh, well, actually, let me start with this. Today's date is July 14th, 2022, that we're recording this. For some folks that are curious, because we do have some listeners, like listener Pam, who is always curious when we record these episodes, because they aren't necessarily released the same week. That day recorded. However, this one will probably be released tomorrow uh, on July fifteenth because it is a timely uh, movie or or discussion. Uh, but before we get into all that, uh, who we are? We are part of the Dark Discussions News Network, which is www.darkdiscussions.com. We have the original podcast, Dark Discussions podcast, which has been around now for about twelve years. Uh, we have over five hundred and forty episodes. This will probably be five hundred forty-one uh by the time you hear this it'll be released as that. Uh we have done movies basically basically such as horror, sci-fi, fantasy thrills, techno thrills, mysteries, grindhouse, arthouse, house, mis- um uh driving theaters, cult films and whatnot. Basically we talk intelligently about a genre that deserves intelligence. We have an email at darkdiscussions at Aol or just click the contact us on the menu on darkdiscussions dot com and that will open up uh uh Box where you can also put in your email. We will read your emails on the podcast, so if you have anything uh, of interest, such as uh, films that you've seen that you want to talk about or opinions on films that we reviewed or just anything in general related to horror or a commentary on our podcast, uh, we will read your email on the podcast. Uh, Eric, what else can people find on darkdiscussions.com?
4: Well, on every page, they can find a link to our Patreon account. Patreon is a service that allows you to financially contribute to our online artists like us. Producing this show is not free. We have to pay for things like uh, web servers and and uh, domain names and uh, computer equipment and movie rentals and so on and so forth. So if you'd like to help offset the cost of producing this show, that's how you can do it. You can go to patreon.com slash dark discussions or click on the Patreon badge on any page of dark discussions dot com. Any and all
3: contributions are greatly appreciated. Indeed, indeed. And uh, uh, we do uh, have multiple podcasts on uh, the network. Uh, Not just this one here. Uh, Mike, what else uh, can people do on, like, Apple Podcasts and things of that nature?
5: Uh, I'm thinking they can leave us reviews. Is that the correct answer? I think so. Okay, (laughs) what do I win? So that's, uh, yeah, so you can leave us reviews on your, whatever your streaming service is. If You can give us five stars for us, whatever their maximum number of stars is, and that would be greatly appreciated. Uh, Just to give us some feedback, get us, uh, raise our profile and uh, get us some more attention.
3: Excellent. And it is always a good thing. Uh, Speaking of Patreon, uh, we do have uh, a uh, Patreon pick to do tonight. So uh, we have a giant spreadsheet of all you folks who uh, donated to the podcast, which, once again, we greatly appreciate. And uh, today, since it's a new quarter, uh, it's the second week of July, or second week of quarter three, uh, we do pick... Uh, new episode for the Q uh, each quarter. So uh, with that, Mike, uh, what number do you have? Uh, I could use a drum roll.
5: And the answer is one seventy
3: six. All right, one seventy six. Let's see what that is. How to print film? All right, DVD's it is three hundred
1: dollars.
3: It it is. Uh, sexy Beast. Uh, oh, with uh, Ben, ben Kingsley? Kingsley. That's right. Yep. I watched that a long time ago. That's uh, a great film. Great film. Uh, this one was picked by. You had to show it's sexy. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, it's just a great film, dude. It's 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 awesome. Um, the movie uh, it was picked by Michelle Barkley, but I know also Sean Fox has uh, put it as his choice as well. But this one just happened to be Michelle Barkley. But. Grads to both of them, because they both have given that as a choice for us to do. So uh, we'll put that in the queue. Uh, that one I'm most certainly uh, happy to talk about. I was actually considering that as a possible cinema a la carte, uh, but I'm very happy to do it as a guaranteed episode on dark discussions. Ooh. I like the pace. Cinema a la
1: carte It's
3: It's a, it's a great film anyway uh I'll pick another good film first like um all right, so that was good i'm I'm very happy with that choice. that may be one of the first choices that I am actually excited to talk about uh but then again, that's more of like a cult film and i'm I'm into all that um pulp fiction type stuff um all right, so uh that's pretty much our house cleaning and so uh we do have a themed episode tonight, and uh, what's that all about Mike?
5: Oh, right. So uh, this is a tribute episode to one James Conn, who passed away about a week, a week and a half ago. Uh, And it is uh, possibly his most... I don't know if he did any other horror films. This has certainly got to be his most high-profile one that he did, which is Misery.
0: He almost died. You have a compound fracture of the tibia in both legs, and the fibula in the right leg is fractured, too. And as soon as the roads open take you to a hospital. In the meantime, you've got a lot of recovering to do. There is nothing to worry about. You're gonna be just fine. I'm your number one fan. My name is Annie Wilkes. I think one of my clients, Paul Sheldon, might be in some kind of trouble. You mean Paul Sheldon the writer? Everybody sure likes those misery books. They had it at the store, Paul. They said he checked out last Tuesday. Isn't that a little strange? I guess it was kind of a miracle you finding me. In a way I was following you. Who followed me? Oh, Paul. I've read everything of yours. The misery novels. You must be a good man. You could never have created such a wondrous, loving creature as Misery Chastain. Very kind. The presumption must now be that Paul Sheldon is dead. You dirty bird. How could you? Misery Chastain cannot be dead.
1: Misery spirit is still alive. I don't want her spirit! I want her!
0: you don't think he's dead do you And don't even think about anybody coming for you because I never called them nobody knows you're here and you better hope nothing happens to me because if I die you die know you've been out. Is this what you're looking for? Eventually you'll come to accept the idea of being here.
3: Annie, whatever you think I'm not doing, it. please don't do it. I for the gods.
0: Shh, darling. Trust me. For god's sake. It's for the best. God, I love you.
3: Uh, that's right, uh, Misery. Uh, we uh, did some little changes here. Usually Eric introduces the film, but uh, Mike did a fine job. Uh, Misery is a film from some time ago, 1990. That's crazy how long it. You know, it is. Uh,
4: <laughs> I'm starting to get upset at the frequency with which we're covering movies that I saw in the theater that came out 30 or 40 years ago. <laughs> Same here. Yeah. Same here.
3: Same here. I couldn't. We couldn't even drink legally back in those days. Right. That's crazy. Anyway, uh, that's right. Uh, anyway, uh, the the film is uh, based off a novel by Stephen King. Uh, it's directed by Meathead, also known as Rob Reiner, who's done uh, a handful of uh, well-known films, including When Harry Met Sally. Uh, the screenplay is by William Goldman. Uh, who is probably one of the great screenwriters of yesteryear. Uh, he did such films as Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, uh, The Princess Bride, All the Presidents of Men, and so on. Um, so uh, a lot of good people behind the, the film, because uh, this was when Rob Reiner was in his heyday as a director. Um, and, of course, the film stars James Caan during his reboot uh, uh reinventing himself. And then uh it was the film that uh brought Kathy Bates to uh superstardom or at least superstardom uh as a excellent uh well known uh supporting character actress uh from that point on. Uh
4: also I just, I just want to interrupt you real quick. I know that we're going to concentrate on James Conn tonight, but yes. I just, you, you said when Rob Reiner was on his run, I just want to kind of detail this run real quick. Yeah, go ahead. From 1984 to 1992, he did consecutively. This is Spinal Tap, The Sure Thing, Stand By Me, The Princess Bride, When Harry Met Sally, Misery, and A Few Good Men.
3: That is a pretty good damn run, yes. it's yeah, <laughs> a really good run. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it sure is. And, and
5: yet, I mean, we if you were, saw this film in 1990, who would have thought out of the three of Rob Reiner on that run, James Kahn, and Kathy Bates, who nobody had ever heard of, that for the next 30 years, the one with the best career would be Kathy Bates. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's true. That's, That's true. true yeah. That's um,
5: yeah. It is. It is so bizarre, Rob Reiner. It's like, and I love those films that you just that you just ran through.
1: Mm-hmm. And yeah. then,
5: like he did, like North or something. North was
1: next.
4: Was, yeah. <laughs> and, and that, that was the American was President. Just, and then Ghost of Mississippi. Good Lord.
5: Oh, okay. Yeah. All
2: right. The, so America, that still the American
4: President was pretty good, wasn't it? Was which one was that? That was with I Michael, Michael was a right. long time. I think that was in that pinning, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, Michael Douglas. Oh, yeah,
4: yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was a good one.
5: I was All thinking right. Mississippi. Okay, I haven't seen or I haven't seen. I don't think I've seen Ghost of Mississippi. I know I saw Mississippi burning.
4: Ghost yeah, of Mississippi was, will freak you out if you watch it. You'll get to see Stephen Tobolowski as the head of the KKK. And yeah, if, sure if you that. don't recognize the name Stephen Tobolowski, he's Ned from Groundhog Day.
3: Right. Okay. Uh, um, well what we can get into all that stuff after we still have to just do the roundup and our opinions on the film and all that stuff uh also the film stars Francis uh, Sternhagen uh Richard Farnsworth and the late well late great Richard Farnsworth and the late great Lauren Bacall uh the film uh was released um well, it, it says it, uh, Columbia, but but it was MGM, that we get the lion, we get the lion, so that's cool. The uh, film got uh, excellent reviews, uh, 90% by Rotten Tomatoes, if that matters to you, uh, but this isn't one of those films that was highly amusing that got a positive review, and so it looks like it got an awesome review just because people enjoyed it. It actually got an awesome review because it was a really good film. Um, and that's pretty much it. It did uh, nominate for... Some Academy Woods, as we mentioned, which was really uh just the one uh which was best actress and Kathy Bates won it. Um all right, so uh, I guess we and get during, it
4: to during her acceptance speech, she did apologize for the ankle thing, which if you know, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: I forget. It's a long time ago. Um all right, so uh we get into how how we heard about this film and what we thought about it. So uh I'll start. Um well it, it, it was Stephen King at his prime. So, uh, um, and at that point, some of his films were finally becoming good after a run of some bad ones. Uh, so anybody who knew anything back then, um, would, would know about the film because it was, uh, a big profile film, uh, based off of a Stephen King film. Uh, also I was a big fan of, uh, the Godfather and, uh, James Conn was in it and they were saying that, uh, um, uh, this was a good film. So, uh, it's always good to see um, James Con in a, in a good film, and then of course Kathy Bates uh, had the Academy Award nomination, rightfully so, playing a person with behavioral health issues. Um, but I don't know what you're talking about, she's just a simple farm girl. Indeed, uh, but but the 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 thing that I discovered after rewatching it uh, this week uh, that I forgot that makes this film stand out in my opinion, even more so than Kathy Bates' performance or the the great screenwriting, is the B story. The B story of Richard Farnsworth was, in my opinion, phenomenal. And not saying that it outshines the A story, but the B story itself is as strong as the A story. And as a result, this film uh, is pretty much solid from second one to... The one hour and forty seven minute when we get rolling credits uh, and so, I, I, yes,
5: I also would throw out uh, a shout out to Frances Sternhagen, who plays uh Virginia, who's Richard' Farnsworth's Parnworth, <laughs> wife I, Frances Sternhagen was like one of these actresses that I only knew her as an old woman, and for like mm-hmm. a while in the nineties was like she any old woman role that you needed, she was like the old woman role uh I'm pretty sure she played Cliff Clavin's mother in cheers, but she even was in um I guess what had to be one of her final performances, she actually was in The Mist. So mm-hmm. she didn't give right. up yep. on Stephen King.
1: Yep.
3: <laughs> She's the one that so, of the bitch, right? Uh, no, she, she was the older woman that left, that was on the good side.
4: Right, yeah. that's what I'm saying. She threw the can of peas. And- oh,
5: yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 She yeah.
3: And nailed and her.
4: Yeah.
5: <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, they have a fantastic relationship. Um.
4: Yeah, the interplay between the two of them is fantastic.
5: And and some of the dialogue, I, I, honestly, I don't remember if I ever read the King story because the, the story came out when I was reading a lot of Stephen King. But now it's so far in the rearview mirror, getting back to what Eric was saying. <laughs> you know, it's like I know I've read, I saw the movie and I read about the movie and the differences between the book and the movie, and I can't remember if I actually read the book but I don't know how much of the, and even if I had, I wouldn't remember this precise dialogue. So much of the dialogue in this, especially between the two of them is so good.
3: Well, it uh, is by a, a great screenwriter. So absolutely. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, I mean, uh, when I say the, the B story that includes everybody in the B story, not just, uh, Red Farnsworth, um, but also, uh, um, Stern or or however you pronounce name. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Norwegian. Um, So, yes, uh, it's a great film. Uh, I saw it at theaters when it first came out, back 32 years ago. 32 years ago. (laughs) Let that sink in. That's terrible. (laughs) Um, And I've seen it. Uh, Wait a minute.
5: That that was a. It was a holiday film. So that was. It was 31 and a half years ago.
3: Oh, that makes it a little better, Mike. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, But. Anyway, um, uh, I've seen it a handful of times. Uh, I actually hadn't seen it for about 10 or 15 years. And when Eric suggested this as the James Gunn <laughs> tribute, I was actually uh, dreading it because it's like I remember it was good film and I liked it and all that. But I was like, oh, do I really want to watch an older film again? And blah, blah, blah. But uh, I was glad I did. It was uh, I f- again, like I said, I forgot the, how good the B story is. Never mind uh, a story. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I recommend. Um, all right. Let's go view Eric.
4: Um, like I said, I saw this in the theater when it came out. My, uh, my mother is the one that introduced me to Stephen King, um, probably at a little bit too young of an age. (laughs) I started reading Stephen King when I was in fifth grade. Um, I think she got a phone call about one of my book records on Cujo. Um, (laughs) uh, (laughs) anyway, she actually, uh, took me to see this in the theater, even though I wasn't quite old. Is this R rated? I don't remember. Yes, yes. Uh, I, I wasn't quite R, old enough to go to R-rated movies by myself, uh, but she she took me, and we loved it. And we're cheering when Kathy Bates won the Oscar. Um, everything Phil said that is true. All the acting is incredible. Uh, the story is great. Um, and really, I mean, uh, watching it again. Because you, at least up until now, when I think of this movie, I think of Kathy Bates and remember all of her lines. Um, but but watching it again, I was uh, specifically trying to key in on James Conn's performance this time, and he's great because uh, mm-hmm. pretty much his job in this movie is reaction shots, <laughs> <laughs> um, and he does such a great job at it. And also, he's um, in several scenes trying to act like he's in extreme pain and he does a really good job with that. Uh, once, once we get into it, uh, I'll talk about some, some trivia on who else was considered for that part, which if you think about it now, it just seems really weird. Um, but yeah, everybody in this movie is great. Uh, all aspects of the movie, it still holds up, uh, 31 and a half years later.
3: Indeed. And, uh, Speaking of uh, too young to – I was Stephen King. I was the same way, Eric. Uh, I saw a taxi driver when I was 10. But I read wait, I read wait, Pet what? Cemetery when I was 11. There you go. There you go. And my mother was pissed, too. She goes, oh, don't read that. But she didn't, she didn't get really upset. And then after I read it, I just kept on reading. She didn't care. I was, oh, he's reading. It's all good. Um, all right. Let's go for you, Barrett.
2: Yeah, I love this film. Um, I've read the book a handful of times. I've seen the movie quite a few times. Um, and like Eric, I was watching it last night just to get more of James Kahn's performance and, and just focusing on that a lot. And there's he just does a great job, um, like Eric said, of the reaction shots. Some of his sarcasm is just really great in the film. He pulls it off really well. And the chemistry between all the actors that have to act together is really well done. Um, and you know, it's hard. It just, this movie had magic. It just worked really well. So yeah, it's a great film. All
3: right. Sounds good. And, uh, uh, would you agree with me, Barrett, that the movie's better than the book?
2: I do agree with you. Yeah. I think the movie it's, It's just fortunate that it had everybody that it had. It just worked so well um, that, yes, I think it's better than the book. But the book is really good.
3: All right. Sounds good. And uh, speaking of James Conn, last night at Trivia, there was a whole uh, round of James Conn Trivia, and I swept it. Of course. Indeed. What was Sonny's real name in The Godfather? It was Santino. Anyway, uh, let's go over to you, Mike.
5: So I remember seeing this in college. with a bunch of friends of mine, and uh, we all enjoyed it. Uh, it's a solid film. I think you you could put up a good argument as to who has made the better pair of uh, Stephen King adaptations, and that's either Rob Reiner or Frank Darabont. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I would go with Darabont, too, but you know, being horror fans, I could also see a lot of people going, going the other way. Um,
3: and what was Rob wishing. Reiner's other film, by the way, that he did, that was King?
5: Oh, I was stand by me, right? Stand by me. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Good. Yeah. yeah. Right. I was going to screw Everybody up. Everybody
3: always forgets he, that. Did he not make
4: stand
5: by? Yeah. But it's sort of like a lot of people don't realize Shawshank Redemption is king.
4: Right. right. Well, well Darabont, so did,
5: so... Darabont
2: did three films, right? Because he did The yeah. Mist and Shawshank and Green Mile. That's
3: right. Oh, I forgot about Green oh, Mile. Yeah. yeah Green good Miles, point. Got...
5: Yeah. And yeah. Also, that definitely uh, gives Darabont the edge.
3: Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And and um, uh, I always forget. That stand by me because I, I I remember the the name of the the story which was called the body. Body. Yep. 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 Okay. From different seasons. Anyway, uh, Go on, Mike. Continue.
5: Yeah. So, um, it is a solid film, and you know the 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 main performances are all good, but really I you know it, it goes without saying I think. That Kathy Bates is kind of a revelation because she comes out of nowhere. No one who knows who she is. She has to play. That's such a fine line between just like crazy and and not being off-putting.
1: A right? behavioral
3: health individual. Mark. A
5: behavioral health individual. Um,
3: Girl. <laughs> so personality and, and, disorder.
5: And everything else could have been great if if she, if it, she didn't work, the whole film completely falls apart.
1: Yep. Yeah, uh, yeah.
5: And I think it's just one of the things I liked about Rob Reiner, you know, back then when he was making movies. I cared about, you know, he's he just is good at storytelling. Now, whether it's picking good scripts or or how he's editing the film or crafting it together, he's not a showy director. You know, he's um, he's just tell the story and let the story play itself out on screen without like no need to do. Spinning three hundred and sixty degree shots, running from you know following a character walking down eighteen blocks of city streets. You know it doesn't have to get fancy; just very clean, very efficient. Um, the story comes in, tells the story, and gets out. The film does. The film is very stripped down. It's about an hour and forty five minutes, right? Because it's really eh, what a three character film for the most part. Pretty much. Um. But the movie it still doesn't ever feel like it lags. I never felt bored watching it. Um, I think the music, yeah, was a little forget- forgettable. Uh, and uh, there's one performance that just didn't quite work for me, and that'll probably get me in trouble. But uh, uh, other than that, oh, I think
3: you curse Lauren Bacall, you bastard.
5: Yeah, that's that's where I'm going. I don't think she gave the greatest performance as the agent. Um, but it's a minor. <laughs> It's a minor role. So,
3: communist?
1: <laughs> what? <That totally> <laughs> <sense>. <laughs> I, don't know.
3: I have to think of some insult that didn't sound too derogatory for Mike's heresy of of Barnabas. Anyway, that's fair, Mike. That's fair.
5: Even Ted uh, Williams struck out once in a while.
3: Ooh, that's a, that's yeah, that's fair. Not often though. Not it, often. Not often. You know? I'm just saying. You know. Anyway, ooh. on the not baseball. <laughs> yeah, let's talk football. All right. Um, <laughs> Deshaun, Deshaun Watson, six or... Oh, anyway, all right, well, let's get into uh, our uh, wiki for this, Eric. Wiki, wiki.
4: Um, after a famous author is rescued from a car crash by a fan of his novels, he comes to realize that the care he is receiving is only the beginning of a nightmare of captivity and abuse. All right,
3: there you go. Um, unfortunately... Uh, well, it depends. It, to be honest, this film would be awesome if no one you didn't know anything about the film and you just put it in for someone to watch. That would be pretty cool. Yes, but but uh, that that is a fair wiki in a sense that or IMDb because it sums it up pretty appropriately. I guess.
0: Um.
3: All right, so for folks who are new to the podcast, or for your regulars, uh, how we do it here on the Dark Discussions podcast? Basically, we talk about Anything and everything. Uh, So not only do we review films, but we also critique and dissect them. So what we will do is start off just talking random stuff uh, that isn't spoilery. Uh, So, you know, some little more reviews and things like that, as we were discussing without spoiling anything. And then at a point, we'll call out a spoiler alert. And at that point, we will talk about anything and everything about the film. And at that point, you can shut off the podcast and go see a film that's 32 years old or 31 and a half years old that you should have already seen by now. And if you haven't, shame on you. Um, all right. So what do we want to discuss? Uh, begin with anyone?
4: Um, I want to jump in. First of all, I watched uh, I bought this movie on 4K. Um because I wanted to, and this was this episode was an excuse. Uh, <laughs> and there were some extra features on the disc, one of which was a commentary by Rob Reiner. And one of the first things he says in his commentary is that James Conn was not his first choice uh, for the role of Paul Sheldon. Um, so picture each of these as Paul Sheldon. He wanted Robert Rufford. Um, <laughs>
3: Robert oh.
4: Ruffert? Robert
3: Ruffert
5: Ruffert?
4: and uh, or Richard Dreyfus or uh, William Hurt. Oh,
1: oh that ooh, would William have been the hurt. worst one. No,
3: that would have been the best one. I love. Apparently, oh, Hurt God. rejected
4: him twice.
3: He Dude, really who, wanted Hurt. Who, repeat that once more.
4: He uh, Hurt rejected him twice. He really wanted Hurt.
3: Yeah, that Hurt would have been great, but. Con I would have loved behind. to see him
2: in the ankle scene, that's for sure.
3: And, and it doesn't surprise <laughs> me that Khan was one of the four, because Khan was obviously buddy-buddy with Goldman, because they did uh, uh, um Well, not necessarily. Yeah, uh, yeah. never mind. I'll take that back. <laughs> uh, <no. laughs> actually, it's weird actually,
4: trying actually, to imagine any of those... Good, actually, it's weird trying to imagine anyone but James Khan in this role actually, once you've seen the movie. Actually,
3: I know what I was meant to say. I didn't mean to say... James con I meant to say it, it's understandable that Robert Redford was one of the four finalists because Goldman and him were buddy buddy because of uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance kid as well as all the president's men so
4: Robert Redford though uh, yeah that wouldn't work for me it wouldn't for me either yeah I'll be but honest I'm not I I don't I haven't seen the majority of his uh, filmography uh, what I think of him when I, I think of Sneakers because <laughs> that may have been the first thing i saw in, because it was in the theater gotcha yeah,
3: I think I, was, uh, my
5: problem with my problem with all of these and and i'm gonna criticize myself for this criticism uh is that the character in the film and i don't remember in the books but it's supposed to be coming from what did he, how did you describe it um just say ghetto kids. I don't remember what he, how he described it. Yeah yeah, uh,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. He came from the ghetto, whatever that yeah, means. Yeah. from the, you the
1: and,
5: I, and I, I, cannot <laughs> imagine Robert Redford, Richard Dreyfuss, uh, or <laughs> William, William Hurt,
1: Hurt <laughs> right. playing
5: playing a ghetto kid. Now, where I'm going to criticize myself is that's now typecasting, and you should always leave room for actors to surprise you. I would say of those three, the one that I might be the most interested in seeing would be uh, Richard Dreyfuss. Um, but it would have been a very it would have been a very different thing because I just don't know that Richard Dreyfuss could be as dry as James Caan. He's got this sort of natural sarcasm,
1: mm-hmm. yep, you know, true. that
5: you could see in like in in Jaws or uh, what about Bob and. I think it would have been just a very different dynamic with him and Kathy Bates. Yeah, um, and he would—I don't know that he—he he would be torturing her as much as she was torturing him.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, well, um,
3: I don't, I, oddly, that—that that was the one I would say that was the would, was the least interesting out of the four mm-hmm. for me. Um, what was the other uh, one? Where's the, where's uh, the, it was William Hurt and Robert Redford.
5: What's it? The Redford.
3: And William Hurt. Oh, are you,
5: you are you counting James Con as one of the four? Yes, yes, and James oh, Conn. Okay, beautiful. Yeah. So, like, I know uh, Bruce Willis did it on Broadway.
3: Did he? Yeah, oh, a, yeah I, I could I, see him. Uh, I could see him doing that, and I, and and I could certainly see that. Per, yeah, personality is Con. Yeah, I could see that. Well, <laughs> we
5: and we know for Die Hard that he's a guy that you that likes to play somebody who's been badly beaten and abused, right? I mean,
3: <laughs> uh, sure.
4: Well, and as much, far uh, as the 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 story goes, uh I think we can all agree that this is one of the most Stephen King's stories ever. Um the main character is an author. Um and it's, <laughs> it's clearly about his his fear of of uh criticism uh, 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 and uh, for branching out from what people are used to him doing. Uh, well, I think well, also,
5: you all know what? the real it was it was real fear writers have is having to cope with all that success and money uh, that they're all going to to make
3: but I I always thought it was a weird novel at that time in his career because it was one of his, at least uh, at least for my memory anyway it was the first big novel of his that didn't have supernatural elements in it Hmm. and all his other novels that were huge at that time were all supernatural related So Mm -hmm. I felt it was interesting. I was like, "Hmm, this is more of a thriller than what I was expecting. So, so, uh, not that that's bad. It was just that it was
1: different,
3: quite different, Mm -hmm. but you're right. It, it is not surprising. uh, A lot of his novels and short stories are about the main character being an author
0: and not just an
3: author, not just an author, but usually, um, like in Tusk, a well paying superpower making a two hundred thousand dollars a year podcaster, which doesn't usually happen. A lot of authors don't make that money either, unless you're Stephen King.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, right. Well, so.
3: I mean,
5: I, I'm sure I'm I'm exaggerating here, but sometimes it feels like every other Stephen King story is a story about a writer dealing with it writers' is. block.
4: Well that's what I said this is uh, one of Stephen King stories ever. <laughs> and
5: and I think yeah. of the ones that I've read or seen, though, I think this is Probably the best one uh, compared to I like a secret window mm-hmm. or whatever. It's just um,
3: yeah, the dark half. And
5: it, and it is dealing with yeah. like I don't think any one of us like what's a what's a fear that everyone could relate to? How about being stalked by a fan? <laughs> <laughs> no? no. How about how about the burden of have of having to weigh artistic oh, integrity Mike, with know, making millions right, of dollars? Know it's like, Oh God. But it's still the fact that you put Khan in this position, um, that we can't identify with, right. A the we could, we can't really identify being with being Stephen King and having to deal with crazy fans and having to deal with that. Am I selling out or, 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 or what have you, this is not what I intended to do, but he still makes the character very, I very sympathetic. Yes. We can certainly relate to him. Um, and that that helps, yeah. and I think that's that's where James Con being James Kahn, who has sort of a, a more of a, an everyman kind of common guy, he's like the guy out of all those guys we mentioned. He's the guy you could see sitting at your local bar, just tossing tossing back a brewski, right?
1: Well, right. well, and yeah.
3: that's that's the thing that's good about the character is he's really just a cipher because we don't yeah. see him interacting in New York City, really, except for one flashback scene. And so we don't know if he is a dink or a potty guy or the, what James Gunn was in real life or, or whatever. He, we just know him as a guy that got hurt in a car accident and we feel sympathetic for him. So I think that helps a lot, you know, so we don't we don't get enough of his backstory to make us like or too like him too much or dislike him too much. I feel. But that's just my opinion, I think.
5: And it's not that, you know, and I don't know any of these actors personally. Right, any one of them could be a massive asshole. Any of them could be the most down-to-earth guy you've ever met. It's just how they come across on screen. And James Conn comes across as a more regular guy than the other guys.
1: Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I
3: mean, I mean, he has that. I mean, he was he grew up in uh, what middle class. I think he grew up in middle class, um Brooklyn or something like that. So if if he came from immigrant uh background, um it it's it is a very common uh type of person. He, he wasn't like silver spooned, for example. At least I don't think he was, you know. Um if I look him up here, uh and we look uh says here, uh who Actually, it was the Bronx. I'm sorry. Uh, Sophie and Arthur Kahn, Jewish immigrants from Germany. His father was a meat dealer and butcher. So there you go. So we're not talking about wealthy people at all. So he's just uh, working class folk and that was a great actor and, and went to the arts and made a career out of himself. So I, I kind of agree with you there, Mike, that he's easier to relate to than, say, um, someone that, that – Came from a acting family that
1: mm-hmm. you know
3: hasn't had to struggle like, uh, and when I say struggle, I don't mean poverty struggle. I mean just you know it had had to make his own breaks, mm-hmm. you know. So.
4: Well, and it should be noted that he just passed away at age eighty two, um, and and still was was acting. Uh, I mean, he's got he's got two twenty twenty one credits and one in post production for twenty twenty three. Um, so he was, he was working right up until the end. Uh,
3: that is actually true. Actually, there was another movie that's supposed to come out right after his passing too. So, uh, similar to Ray Liotta. So we'll, we'll see. I'm not sure what it is. Um,
4: might be a fast
3: Charlie. That's the one that's in post-production. Okay. There, there you go. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, um, so yeah, yeah, so good for him. Uh, I know uh, he had gone bankrupt, and he was one of those party boys that waste all his money and all that crap. So he had to work, and then when he had his rejuvenation, um, obviously he made money again. So um, maybe at this time he was just doing it for the love of acting.
4: Perhaps. Yep. I also enjoyed the fact looking through his cinematography here that he just, he did a, he did a couple of random like. Uh, the Simpsons. <laughs> he was on episode of The Simpsons. He was on episode of The Family Guy.
3: Yep, that was that I was a trivia question. Or anything either. That was a trivia question from last night. As a matter of fact, uh, what out of the what was the out of these four? What was the show that he did not play himself? And Simpsons was one of the of the questions so, <laughs> or answers. And I, and I said, oh yeah, I see one of the Simpsons. Yeah.
1: Um. Yeah, so Uh,
5: that, that, by the way, is a sign of how far Rob Reiner has fallen because he was a, uh, he was done as a joke character in like a very early episode of The Simpsons. uh, Not Simpsons of South Park, and I can't imagine them even acknowledging his existence right now.
3: Yeah, that's true. Uh, (laughs) Because he's so far out. out out Going after Rob Reiner tonight. Yeah, well, he he is uh, very uh, vocal on on Twitter, uh, but for the wrong types of reasons. Uh, But you're right; he's kind of. Kind of uh doesn't really work anymore. Um but he was he was big back in Did the 70s final and, tap
1: two. Uh, <laughs> yes
3: pre production for
4: twenty
5: twenty four. That's <laughs> Michael McKean is done with Better Call Saul, so there
3: you go. Um let's see what else I'm gonna say. Um uh, oh for folks uh I, I we should b- bring this up. Uh Red Farnsworth, uh who uh, had his career rejuvenated because of this film and The, the Natural um, went on to be nominated for uh, Best Actor in uh, uh, awards uh, programs. Um, he uh, unfortunately suicided. Um, again, though, his suicide was similar to uh, like Ernest Hemingway where um, he was diagnosed with a awful disease, uh, in this case, cancer, uh, that was very painful, and so he decided to um, take his own life rather than, um, I guess, quote-unquote, rot away. Uh, sure. you know. But um, for folks who uh, have suicide thoughts, whenever we bring up uh, actors or actresses that admit, or people in film that have had that happen, uh, there is hotlines out there to talk to people. And
4: I oh, always bring Oh! Up-
1: oh.
4: Hang on, what, let me find something real quick. I just saw something about this on
5: right. somebody. The Instagram United States just started zero. a national mental mental health line.
1: Yeah, I think was like a three I don't remember
5: it was nine 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 eight or nine eight eight.
4: It's nine eight eight. Okay. Nine eight eight.
5: We don't we don't want you dialing the wrong one and getting like the national
4: uh, takeout hotline. Specifically, the suicide hotline nine eight eight.
3: Okay, so so in the United States, you can dial nine eight eight. Uh, if you need help and for everybody else, uh, in the entire world, there's a a website called suicide.org that lists every country in the entire world, uh, their, uh, websites and phone numbers for, uh, such help. So please everybody, um, we want you uh, here. Exactly. All right. Well done. All right. So let's move on. Um, so what's, uh, what else we want to talk about uh, that's generic stuff, generic
1: stuff?
4: Um, one of the things that was pointed out during the commentary was that there was only one scene. I mean, most of this story takes place in one room, right? The bedroom and in the house. Um, and there yeah, was pretty only, much a bubble. And there was only one scene that was actually shot on location. And the rest of that was on a soundstage. stage uh with a painting in the background and you can't really notice it looks
3: really good (laughs) so like if you look out the window it's out the window that's a that's a
4: backlit painting gotcha
3: that's pretty cool yeah 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 uh, mike what was that they used to do back in the 50s uh the the map paintings right the map paintings yes yeah yeah so uh it makes sense Uh, and and again you know how many people are really paying attention to the window. So that, that was,
5: uh, well, those are little things. And that's where you get the cinematography because there's a lot of films where you can, uh, look at it and go, yeah, they're on a set now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I always think of, I don't know what's the first one to spring to mind is, uh, when they get to the final act of predator where they went from filming on location to filming on a soundstage and you could just tell it's a fake jungle. Mm-hmm. Or at least I can. Um, but like I'll flip around and they show that, uh, Someone on this podcast has now mentioned a few times was uh, like, I've noticed when watching episodes of All in the Family, like they, you know, the, the light sometimes will have coming through the window so you know it's morning or afternoon or evening,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
5: just from the from the set and to give you more of a natural feel. Now it still felt like it's a sitcom three wall set, but little things like that can make all the difference in the world, especially when it comes to the lighting, uh, make something feel real.
4: Well, and they did have the one live action shot on location. Uh, the reason they did that is it's the scene where the helicopter flies overhead, and you can see the helicopter out the window. Okay. Um, so, so there's a the one just, scene that you and you can't really it doesn't it doesn't look any different. <laughs> so it just reinforces the reality.
3: Yeah. Now well, nowadays, that they, they they had have have CGI. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. They have a green screen or CGI or something. Now yeah. But but uh, back in those days. They had to yep. do the real stuff. Yep. Cars really <laughs> did blow up. They actually had to blow up. The
4: I just, I still think it looks better every time. Yeah, me too. It's absolutely Most of zag- the time, yeah.
3: Exception. Absolutely.
5: When you can do real destruction for real and everything else being equal, like the director, the cinematographer, yeah, it tends to look more authentic. It's the, the fake stuff. That's a whole nother matter, but, uh, you know, I've seen some really, like, we've all seen some, like, really crappy makeup jobs, as well as crappy CGI makeup.
4: Right. Yep. But here, like, I couldn't believe that James come let them do that to his legs. <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's for... Yeah, that's,
5: and that's it, right? That was the...
3: I forgot how uh, long that it was so late into the film. I, for some reason, I, I thought it was uh, pretty quick. But anyway, continue. And more.
5: That, that was, when we were living in more of a common culture era, uh, that was like the thing. People were like, oh, you've got to see this. You know, like, that was the scene in the film that people would reference, and would reference for months, and practically for, for years. Absolutely. Uh, and everybody knew it. It's like, they may not, not have known, they, they would know number one fan, they would know number one fan, and they know the hobbling scene.
3: Right. right. Oh, um, and, and then, then uh, her 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 curse word. What the hell was that again? T- t- Cockanooty. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty w- well known as well for a while. Indeed. Yep. Indeed. Indeed. That that really was the
5: thing that people said. Oh, you've got to see. You've got to see that. It's just like
1: right. it's like that. Right. If
5: this was if we if we were podcasting back in 1991, it would be a miracle. <laughs> uh, two nobody would be listening, but three you know that scene would end up on like everybody's best of the year list,
3: right? Um, oh, oh it, yeah, it did. I think Ebert and had it as one of his scariest scenes of the year or something too. Yeah, uh, but actually my, now
5: I would say it's still going to end up on a whole lot of oh, like sure. hardest scenes
3: to watch lists. Yeah, for sure. My my, my actually favorite part that of her was with the first time she flips out and and she starts, <laughs> starts screaming, slips away. Slips
1: away, and and her face is (laughs) swinging back and forth, and it's like, oh my god, it's
3: like that. That I forgot how how like uh, unhinged. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yet
2: sly as well. She's sly as well. Like that whole time when she's like, she's got the lighter fluid that she's like talking, and a little bit comes out every
3: time. Oh yeah, (laughs) and that was intentional by her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what I love.
1: Actually,
5: interesting to think that if this was made now, Annie Wilkes would be like a podcaster with Paul Sheldon podcast. (laughs) Maybe even a YouTube channel.
3: You you, you know, you're probably right, because there's a lot of taking
5: pictures in
2: front of her in front of his house on their way somewhere.
4: <laughs> yeah, like those psychos that go to celebrities' houses.
5: reason. And watch them through the windows.
3: <laughs> hey, hey I, I've taken my picture in front of two celebrities' houses, so that's it. I've done it at Stephen King's house, and I've done it at Taylor Swift's house, and that is all.
4: He's writing about you!
1: I, I, I
3: know, that's why I'm bringing it up. cock duty Defending myself. Um, I'm defending myself. <laughs> <laughs> Um and, and actually though I've done it uh, to two Taylor uh one, two, three, three Taylor Swift's, four four Taylor Swift houses. Actually done. Oh my god. So anyway. far. So far, so far. Yeah. Anyway, um and it's TV a picture TV. you want a bulletin board at
4: her security guard's office.
3: It, <laughs> you know, you never know. But <laughs> i am no threat. I'm no threat. we'll um, see what Verhoebum
5: has to say about that. They all say
3: what they all say. Um, Alright, so any other things we want to bring up before we get into spoilers and just talk about anything and everything? Anyone?
4: Nope, I just oh. can't wait to hear Mike talk about Chekhov's Penguin.
1: Yes,
3: Chekhov's
5: yeah. Penguin, Chekhov's Lighter Fluish, Chekhov's Cigarette. <laughs> but this is, weirdly enough, it's like, oh, this, this, this is again a hallmark of a good film. Now We just did Black Phone Right, and black phone was one of these things I said in that, where all these little breadcrumbs they lay around, everything pays off to the en- in the end,
3: That's even correct.
5: stuff that you don't realize is going to be a breadcrumb,
3: and, like like, that, like the the girl watching the baseball game, and then she's in the last scene.
5: Right, and here everything pays off in the end, right? It all comes around, mm-hmm. it all pays off. All these little seeds, again, even things like the 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 celebratory cigarette. That you didn't realize is a Chekhov cigarette ends up being a Chekhov cigarette. <laughs> um, yeah, Chekhov's fifty-pound typewriter without an end. You know, all <laughs> these things come back around, and it's and it's just it's just beautiful when you watch a well-crafted script as everything, all these disparate elements, just end up dovetailing together.
3: Mm-hmm. That is true.
5: Um all right so I like, the, I like the sledgehammer which just comes out of nowhere <laughs> <laughs> All it's
3: right sle- so All right so um again the movie's 32 years old or 31 and a half to make Mike feel a little <laughs> younger Um so um at this point we're assuming that you've seen the film so at this point we'll talk about everything and anything because uh we've talked about a lot of good stuff but we've potentially still been uh dancing around any spoilers. So at this point, we're throwing up the spoiler alert, and we will talk about everything and anything uh, going forward, including Chekhov's penguins. Uh, <laughs> so the spoiler alert is up, and you have been warned. Um, all right. So what are
1: we know,
2: I wanted to say something. So I noticed in the credits as it was rolling that Misery the Pig was playing herself. Yeah. So I guess that was the actual name of the pig, which seems kind of funny. I wonder if it was named. Oh, it's, it's the movie weird or... that they found
5: a pig named Misery. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was neat. Sorry, <laughs> minor but funny. My, my my wife pointed out the same thing. She 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 got a kick out of that too.
3: Dude, um, yeah, I, I remember when I the, it first came out, um, having a character in a book named Misery. Um, obviously, is very ironic, uh, and it was obviously intentional. But obviously, oddly, it, it kind of works. It's, it was just it. a woman's name named Misery, and and not in a negative terminology, even though it has a double meaning in this movie. So it was yeah. weird. I thought when I first.
5: Yeah, but uh, like, really, what fucking parent does that to a child? Exactly. Like, I I I'm not saying I don't expect it to happen. Um, because I've been <laughs> teaching long enough. Uh, but just really think about this.
4: Well, wasn't this then think, in Frontier Times? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, raising a kid back then misery.
5: <laughs> well, they yeah, they're probably figuring. You know what? Oh. The odds. She's got like a fifty-fifty <laughs> chance of maybe to get kindergarten.
4: <laughs> to be fair, raising a kid now <laughs> misery.
5: <laughs> but like, it, oh my it, god! It, oh, it, it, like you're on it, Tinder. It oh, be. she looks attractive. Name, misery, fuck that. <laughs> Swipe.
3: Uh. Swipe. Oh my God. Name, <laughs> your worst nightmare. Your worst nightmare. Um, so, uh, yeah, so basically, there's this is an author named Paul Sheldon. Uh, he's been writing uh, dozens of books in a series uh, with the title Misery and then another word. Uh, so, misery's chastine or misery's. Uh, chastine, was it? or yeah. that Ch- is her last name. Yeah, Chastain, yeah. So, uh, so Misery mi- mi- Misery's life, Misery's holiday, misery- Misery's whatever. And um takes pl- place in pioneering days. Uh, they became big international sellers. Um, however, uh, Paul Sheldon uh, feels like he's sold out and so he's not happy and he wants to Dump the character and start writing uh, books that are more for him rather than for money. Um, though his <laughs> agent has a good point, which is if it wasn't for misery, uh, you know you wouldn't have the two houses, you wouldn't have you know the car that you like, you wouldn't have all these things. So I going it, to
2: college
5: I he I yeah,
2: yeah. making so many snide comments during that like, oh, it's so rough, you know I got all this money, but it's not what I wanted to do with my life.
1: <laughs> right. Exactly. Oh, I, yeah, you
5: you could tell who the writers were when you walked out of the misery screenings because they're all the ones that you know fucking hated that bastard. Like, it's like you deserve
1: what he got.
5: Complaining about making too much money. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah uh exactly. so, so that was kind of humorous. Um, and uh, so he goes to this this uh, place out in the middle of Colorado or wherever the hell it is, and he finishes books out there. And so he's heading back to, uh, the airport or New York city or whatever he's doing, uh, in the middle of the winter. And he hits a ice patch and he crashes into a ditch, um, in the middle of nowhere. And then he is saved by, uh, this, this woman named, uh, Annie Wilkes who brings him back to her house. Uh, and she, is a nurse. He's number one fan. Yes. Number She's a nurse. One. She knows who he is. Uh, it's well known for the community that this author goes there, uh, yearly anyway. And, um, she tells him that, that, uh, the roads are, are, are blocked. So there, there's no way to get him to a hospital and her phones are down. Uh, but hopefully within a week or two, um, all that will change. And then she can get him an ambulance to come and take him, back to the hospital. Um, But until then, uh, she's going to take care of him and everything seems okay. Uh, So that's pretty much the setup, right? Or is it? All right, so uh, what do we want to talk about?
5: How long would you have to be in that bed before you realize something was fishy?
3: (laughs) Well, Well, uh, well, he is being given
4: drugs. drugs. In a a different way, uh, which is that uh At first, Annie presents herself pretty normally um and you don't really smell anything off until uh I think like the first real sign where there's something off is when he lets her read his new book and she starts criticizing the cursing All right um. And <laughs> she gets upset while she's feeding them soup and spills the soup on them. Uh, I think that's the, the first uh, moment where he's just like, uh, oh, <laughs> right.
5: Yeah. Because he makes a slip of the tongue and he says, everybody talks like that. Where yeah. what he means to say, you know, these are ghetto kids and this is what and everyone from from that. You know, I was a ghetto kid
3: in yeah, mm-hmm. that environment.
5: Everyone from that background in my cohort talks like that, but instead says everyone talks like that, which then gets her off on a rant about how I. You think
4: I talk like that?
5: You know, give me that effing. Yeah,
4: yeah. me that effing. Hello. Go to the bank and say, "Here's one big bastard of a
1: check." <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly.
3: Now, you could, you oh. could, you could, I possibly let that go. At that point, because, OK, you know, maybe she's a Bible thumper or, or whatever. And, you know, t- just a little <laughs> different. But the point when I decided that she was nuts was when she didn't even do anything that was nuts. But she said something that was just odd, which is. She said she went into town and brought him back some stuff. And, she, and oh, he immediately that's what, goes, was really obvious. Yeah, because then he goes immediately goes, oh, so the roads are so okay now. Then. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> and, and you can use the phone to pay phones down there. And she makes this story. Yeah, yeah I talked to my, your, your agent. I talked to the hospital. They're going to send an ambulance, but they're going to wait a week um, because, you know, for whatever reason. And immediately at that point, you know, it's all a crock. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I and, knew
5: I knew she was nuts when I saw the posters said based on a novel by Stephen King.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, everybody kind of knew going in anyway, because. You know, the, the novel was fairly big at the time anyway. But I was saying if you went in rewatching the film, even though I knew what was going to happen, it was the scene, that scene specifically, the scene when she went into town and then she makes all those lies up. And that's when I said, OK, if, if I was watching this film blind, not knowing anything about the film or the characters, that's when I would say there's something fishy going on.
4: Well, and she really kind of screwed herself by doing that because what trips her up is that she's so excited about the new Misery book. Uh, which she doesn't realize is the one where he killed off the character. <laughs> so she's, she's all excited about getting more misery and wants to share it with him and forgets. Well, that, She shared like,
5: misery with them. All right.
4: <laughs> and, and forgets that she's revealing that she went into town and then ruins her own lie.
1: Exactly.
4: Exactly. Yeah,
2: that, Cause she could have went with it a lot longer than she did. Then she was able to. Yeah.
5: You know, she oh, gets yeah. to be a much better liar at the end of the film.
2: Yeah. <laughs> He's well really she, she good. is again she is keeping him pretty drugged
4: up. I have a question about that in the end of and uh, the end of the film too so i this is I don't think this is something I noticed on the first watch or the second, but I definitely picked up on it on this more recent watch is when the sheriff is in the house looking around and um she offers him some cocoa, and then when she brings the cocoa she's she's almost insisting that he drank it. I think
2: he it was tried, poisoned.
5: Drugs?
4: drugs?
2: <laughs> or, yeah, or drugs. Poisoned or drugs. One of the two, yeah. yeah
5: I think so. Yeah, I could, it, it, I don't you. know, because she seemed happy to let him leave. He
1: mm-hmm. didn't well, find
5: anything, and killing him certainly would have brought suspicion. Uh,
3: well,
5: but we also know that she doesn't take rejection well.
3: Right. Yeah, you know, so... The, the the weird thing was, is that she didn't even have to offer the cocoa. And when he said no the first time, instead of saying, oh, I already haven't made, she could have said, oh, all right, no problem. And he would have left and she would have not, never been caught.
2: So <laughs> oh, Well, there, the, here's yeah. the one flaw that I saw was that he got that shot in the arm and he was waking up so fast when he got it the day before. He was out all night or for a long time. anyway.
5: Did she get it all in?
4: I think so. They were struggling, there, so who knows? Fighting,
5: yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah.
5: Right. Hey, there's, right. there's, yeah. Who knows? Uh, she could have screwed up the dosage. Uh,
3: yeah, she had to react
1: quick. She was in a hurry. <laughs> yeah, that.
3: Yeah, she was definitely in a hurry. Yep, yeah, that's true. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, that that Coco comment where she she said, "No, I already haven't made." That was what she, she's her yeah, she's, downfall.
5: Yeah, she's clearly trying too hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and that and that's she's the problem. Right?
4: Smart. She's smart because she makes up a story. Was perfect to make herself look crazy, and even though she is crazy, she makes yeah. herself appear a different
3: kind of
4: crazy to <laughs> alleviate suspicion. Right.
3: Right. And she well, answers all the questions that she knew was the reason why. He was there, like uh-huh. the, the paper and, the, and buying the typewriter and all these other things. And she knew that's how he tracked her to here. And then she makes this story up. I don't that, think oh,
2: it's all a story, by the way. I think she is planning on taking his place by getting him to write for her. Right. But, but <laughs> it's either way, crazy, but
3: <laughs> but, but either, either way, saying that whole story kind of alleviates suspicion on her, possibly. Mm-hmm. And he was about to leave satisfied.
4: Yeah, the only reason he turned around is because of the the thing noise. he noise over the grill.
3: Right. And yep. that was all because she kept them there too long. She should have mm-hmm. just let him walk when he said, no, I don't want the cocoa.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dude, she was
3: too smart. Like you said,
4: like she was, <laughs> she was smart for her own good. Yeah, exactly. Well,
5: and we know she graduated top of her class, so she had to be pretty smart.
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Only oh because she's off her top
5: her. That, <laughs> I I had completely forgotten
4: yeah. about the scrap about
5: her backstory.
3: Yeah, yeah.
4: I mean, yeah. Yeah. And- uh, yeah, I was
5: actually kind of disappointed
3: that about that when I rewatched it, and they had that crazy backstory because it would have been cool if she was just this loner that no one knew had a backstory, and she just like was crazy. But that was another thing that got him to stop looking in on her. Right was. <laughs> She acted weird, yelling at someone at a, at a car when she was driving.
1: You cock a duty.
3: And so he <laughs> looks her up and he finds out her backstory that she was on trial for possibly killing babies that she was found not guilty or something. So, but that was enough for him to say, okay, I better go. Ch- no, check the thing that,
4: that triggered it is that there was a quote in one of the misery books. When he was he was doing research on Paul Sheldon, and he took this quote out of a book that seemed notable to him for some reason he couldn't quite place and then later realized that she had used that quote when she was leaving court.
5: I have a feeling and this could be my take and I could be completely wrong that he knew a lot of this stuff already because he like they like when they're in the helicopter, he's pointing out like there's the Wilkes farm. Right, right. He's planning out all the stuff. He knows the area. He's obviously been there for a long time, so he knows the people there. I'm sure he knew this backstory with this woman, and so my suspicion is that the that that line stuck out to him in the novel because it rang a bell, but he couldn't figure out where.
1: Right. You yeah.
5: Because he's got and, it in that very well organized uh, pile of papers on his desk.
4: <laughs>
3: uh, I've got a system.
1: Yeah, but he,
3: he and he did tell Lauren McCall's character that he's been the 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 sheriff slash cop for 30 years in the area. So he but, would know everybody for sure.
5: So it just well, clicks no. in his head that here's this crazy person who had been accused of terrible things in the past. And so he goes back and, and digs into it deeper, finds that connection. But he, it, it feels like he's going back. He knows where that paper is. He knows where you can reference it. I do want right. to know how the hell she got off. Like, how did she get out of going to jail?
4: There probably uh, wasn't enough evidence. Yeah, exactly. But she's There's still working on it.
5: I, I, I imagine it would be really hard to get a job as a nurse after that. She could have sued. Well, she's on
2: the farm at this point. We don't know that she's a nurse anymore, like working as a nurse, right? Right. right. she
5: say? She was at least using it as a cover story.
2: No, she just told him that okay. she was a nurse, which is true. Which, which is was, true. If she's she's still working. a nurse. She's just not working. Yeah,
3: okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can be have a law degree and be a lawyer and then have never used it for t- thirty years, and you still you could say I was a lawyer. You yeah. know. So it's probably the similar, That's what I was thinking. In too, her
2: right mind, here. she is still a nurse too. I think. I mean, she's. Oh
5: yeah, probably.
3: <laughs> yeah. And well, and she and she she is a good nurse because she was she set his legs and all that other stuff and kept them. Pretty pretty well without infections and stuff. Yeah, right?
5: but it's 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 the it's the after treatment that is a problem. <laughs> the <To> rehab.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true.
5: A post-surgery treatment, you know that uh, office yeah. visit.
2: That scene is rough, <laughs> by the way. I mean, I had a hard time <laughs> watching it. It's Put your legs brutal. up in the
4: syrup. It's brutal.
2: It's yeah. really brutal, and it looks real. I mean, I don't know how they did that. Like with well, practical what, effects, they
4: did it? It was a quick cut. But, that's how they did it.
2: Yeah, yeah, but it makes it feel like you see the whole thing going on because it's so quick. It's well, you weird. see it for a
4: half a second, and I believe it was a rubber appliance. Right. Um, ah, yeah, that makes sense. Oh, that was the ankle and the oh. foot that she actually hit with a sledgehammer, and you only see it for a half a second, so you don't realize it's fake. Right, and, and you don't see you don't, do the you don't one. see the second one get hit. That's right. You okay, see this screen. is that
5: this is sort of that Texas Chainsaw thing where. You know, people think it's worse than it really is. And yeah, you, you, you advertise to people what's going to happen.
1: Well, this I mean, one you do it, see. It, the, it,
3: the, you do see it. It looked like Joe Theismann. It did.
5: Right, but, <laughs> but I mean, meaning like shoot, <laughs> you. You basically advertise this to the people watching the film. This is what we're going to do to this person. Most of the pain comes in the anticipation, right? Which is why that works often so much better than your, your, just your jump scare or your shock kill right, because you just, you know it's coming. And well, the I... second time, they've already given you a glimpse of it happening once, so that when it happens again, they don't have to show it to you because you can just replay it in your head.
4: Right.
3: right, And, right. You, yeah, and yeah. you
5: fill in an awful lot of what's in there.
3: Spe- speaking, well, of football, and, and, speaking of football, Eric, we got to see it happen again with Alex Smith. Uh, true. I,
4: true. Yeah, that was and by the way, there's a, there's a fascinating documentary on that you should watch. Anyway, Indeed. um, so this scene, uh, probably the favorite part of that scene to me is after she breaks both of his ankles, she says, totally unironically, God, I love you.
3: Right.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 <The> <laughs> puppy dog sound. You know what so like? the was, there
3: was, there was oh, fuck is wrong with her? <laughs> well, behavioral health, individual borderline personality disorder and so on. <laughs> um, but I have to say that there was a jump scare and it, it worked. It's the one where she he wakes up and she sta- he stand she's standing over him and the lightning flashed yes. and the, the thunder. Yep, yep, that was awesome. That 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 was an okay jump scare because no, that that was done
4: well because because was, that noise is something that was actually happening. Exactly, it wasn't just a loud music
3: stinger. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it was good. I, I enjoyed that one.
1: Hmm. Um.
3: But and, yeah, I, I love.
4: it. And that. the range. Uh, Kathy Bates, the range of emotion she shows as this character uh, is really something in this movie. Because you get quickness. everything from her being ecstatic um, when he's writing a new Misery book, uh, to her being really depressed during the scene when it's raining, uh, and he asks her what's wrong, um, to the scene of her being furious and trying to kill him.
3: Well, that, huh. that is called splitting. Uh, the psychiatric term related to borderline personality disorder where uh, it's a mechanism that people have these mood swings just like that, almost like bi- uh bipolar, but different. And they happen quick and for no reason at points. And then they um, linger ling- linger for a bit.
1: Mm-hmm. and,
3: and uh, Kathy Bates, uh, again, this is like 32 years ago before all these behavioral healths were really like documented really well, like they are today. But uh, they must have r- wrote, read uh, you know, a bunch of stuff to um, figure out what type she would have, and, and they chose borderline, and and I mm-hmm. think they hit it right out of the park.
4: Well, and, and I, I think that's. I was just going to say one of my favorite moments in the movie is at the very end when they, then they start their final struggle. Like the whole movie, she's been making up fake curse words. So she won't really curse. Um, and then during the struggle at the end, she lunges and starts strangling the mills. You cocksucker! It's like, oh damn, she's serious
5: well, now. She's an actual curse word. <laughs> all right? She didn't, and you know, she went. She went for a good one, right? She went for a big one. She didn't go for for like shit.
1: Nope.
5: <laughs> and she went with cocksucker, which is right up there with motherfucker. Those are like the two big ones. Uh. That, that you really could have used in that that particular circumstance. So good for her. Good for her that she had that breakthrough finally. But I mean, in a weird way, that's almost like um, a tragedy of this film is that she's clearly uh, in her weird way, a compassionate person. She's a smart person. She's a physically able and dedicated person, a hard worker. And if she had only gotten the right medication, <laughs> this could have been a completely different story,
1: right? And
5: you know this, and I think that's fair. I don't think uh, that they went too far out of the way with making her crazy, right? Um, I, I think it's. I mean, yes, it's not everyone who has uh, psychological mental health issues is going to go. Um, is going to go all any Wilkes here? Yeah, they're, yeah. they're not going to go there. But you know the people who do, the people who do go crazy and hurt people. This is a very plausible scenario here, right? Um, yeah. yeah, and and those are people that aren't evil. They're just fucked up in the head.
1: Yeah,
3: and, yeah. I, it's mental illness. It's it's not evilness. It's not social. Well, you know what the thing is is because they threw in that backstory. It makes her evil, but if they didn't have that backstory, her behaviors that we see in uh, in the present day are all just uh, a person that has behavioral health issues. That
2: well, yeah, and I don't think those things would keep her from prison. If, you know, if she was caught and proved guilty, um, that that would not be uh, an insanity plea. Because she shows yeah, like right. she's trying to hide things, so right. she has the presence of mind to cover things up.
3: So, right, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Personality she knows what disorders, she's doing per- wrong. Yeah, Personality exactly. disorders, which are mental illness, are the type that uh, you would go to jail for. Because there's two, there's two types of mental illness, as I've said in the past, is medically diagnosed, and what the government and the judicial system. Uh,
1: now, exactly.
3: The, yeah, exactly. So, so the judicial system will accept schizophrenia, you know, stuff like that, where people believe they're, you know, Napoleon or something. But people with sociopath, antisocial personality disorders, borderline, bipolar or any uh, uh, hypochondriacs, all that stuff, those type of disorders, they still know what's right and wrong. It's just that a still do something illegal, possibly, and those disorders aren't recognized by the judicial system, even if they are listed in the um, medical uh, behavioral mm-hmm. health numbers, or whatever they're called.
5: Yeah, My understanding, it's, it's from an article I read many, many years ago, is basically the only way that that works to, is if you are um, compelled by your mental disorder, even though you to, to do something, even though you know it's wrong, or... That right. you have no ability to tell the difference between right and wrong, and I don't think either one quite applies here, right, but again, it's in a case like this, this is not like you miss Wilkes you're you're fucking nuts, not yeah. guilty. you may go off now and harm others, no, then right. she would end up in an institute, end up in an institution for the rest of her life, right and I would strongly recommend if anyone thinks that's a pleasurable experience, please go volunteer to be admitted <laughs> into a mental institution that is for yeah, for it's, violent offenders. Um, yeah. it's in its own way, that can be worse than prison, because at least prison, you have a, a get-out-of-jail date, right? Unless it's for life, right? You get 10 to 20, whereas uh, you could be in the mental institution for as long as we want to keep you.
2: As long as we think you're a threat or not good, we keep mm-hmm. you here. Right, right.
3: Now, uh, the symptoms of splitting, I brought it up <sighs> is uh acting out so acting out without consideration or consequences denial so consciously ignoring a fact or reality emotional hypochondriac uh, so trying to get others to understand how severe your emotional pain is omnipotence uh the belief that you possess superiority and in intelligence and power passive aggressive uh which i don't have to explain that one projection so assigning and an what do you mean emotion. you don't have to <laughs> the There you go. Assigning undesirable... I, 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 I know.
5: Undesirable all this sounds... <laughs> yeah, this all, this all nails James Kahn's character perfectly.
3: Pro- projection. <laughs> Assigning an undesirable emotion to someone else, and then projective identification. Denying your own feelings, projecting them onto someone else, and then behaving towards that person in a way that forces them to respond to you with the feelings you projected onto them. So... um. And I, I uh, even though you know you're being funny about uh, you know James Conn, um I did a search on Google of uh, you know mental health diagnosis. Any Wilkes, and believe it or not, there's, there's a bunch, and and all this stuff popped up, and it makes sense a lot of it. Uh, borderline personality disorder, obsessive compulsive disorder, possible bipolar, um, and there's like uh, a couple of other. Lesser ones that I know, but,
4: um, yeah, OCD makes sense with the penguin always facing. Exactly. Se- exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
3: Yep. So, so, uh, and that's the thing is that when I, you first watched this film back in 1992, whenever it was 1990, I'm sorry. 1990, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I didn't know any of this stuff. And so I just thought she was like crazy nuts and evil, but 32 years later, you know, as you grow and you meet, people that have some of these disorders in in first person knowledge, myself meeting some folks like this, I don't look at her character, excluding the backstory as uh, what I thought she was back in 1990.
5: Well, the backstory even, I mean, it's, it's not like she just suddenly became nuts, right? She's nuts there too. She was just really good at getting away with it.
1: Yeah,
3: but she was intentionally killing babies. And, and she was based on a real murder, that, that whole backstory of a woman yeah. that killed like 50 babies. So, Oh,
5: well, yeah, but, you know, babies are stinky. They're whiny. <laughs> you, you, you get <laughs> it. But, too but,
3: much. but the point is, is, that, is that that's kind of evil and, and probably sociopathic, too. While the stuff that she beha- she demonstrates with him is more like just abnormal behavioral health issues to the point of, like, she needs institutional help. Not, not like when she hobbles portion. him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That that was insane.
2: <laughs> now to get back to James con, since we were really here for him tonight, I just was, he's quiet a lot. He'd get some great lines. Like I always wanted to see the room from this side. <laughs> You know, at one point when she's taking him over there and uh, when he gives her the finger through the window and she's she's just laughing at it. Oh, you're funny. (laughs) But uh, yeah, he I just his presence is felt throughout, even when he's not talking. His,
3: Um, His best expression, Barrett, was when she spills over the wine and he's like, oh because that's where he had all the drugs in it. heartbreaking. Yeah, oh, what a heartbreaking moment. But continue back. <laughs> that was another quiet moment, right? yeah, yeah, But uh, continue back. I'm sorry to interject. But to yeah, I
2: that mean, one. he's just impressive in this role because, you ha- I mean, like Mike was saying, without her playing it right, this would have been a disaster. But I think without him playing it right – it could have been a disaster as well. So yeah. together mm-hmm. they just they make a perfect film. Right. But and, what it helps is me, that it's
5: Sorry, go
4: ahead. I was just gonna say to me the most impressive part of his performance in this movie is uh, how convincing he is at uh portraying physical pain. Uh, oh yeah where he where he tries to get out of bed and falls on the floor. It's just like you wince. <laughs> when, when he hits the floor, you're
3: just like, "Oh God!"
1: Oh, fuck it, it, when, when she,
3: when she the throws it, yeah, yeah, no, not the book. It was uh, the paper. The paper.
2: Yeah. Oh, it was the paper. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah,
2: Oh man, you could just feel it. Yeah, <laughs> it it's yeah, his yeah. legs.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> and it helps yeah. that they showed what his legs looked like as he when he came out of the car. and oh, she yeah. splitted them all up. Mm-hmm. They looked so bad that you
3: were like, "Ooh, wow." Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, Barrett, and, and what you just said, Eric, is that his performance, even though he has some really good one-liners, uh, is, is his reaction shots. <clears throat> I mean, his huge uh, his reaction shots in this film. Well, this
5: Absolutely. is the nice thing about being James Caan is that he gives an understated performance. And like I said, that's where I think Richard Ryfus would have been a very different thing. Yes. Is that he has to – this is not a duel. Right, this is not two actors trying to outact each other. This is not Shatner and Montalban, uh, Ricardo Montalban, right? This is James Kahn, a veteran, award-winning actor, stepping back and letting a new, quote-unquote, new actress, unknown, have the stage and get all the attention. Mm-hmm. And he and he reacts to her, but he reacts in ways that convey the correct emotion but never really take the spotlight off of her. Um, Mm -hmm. And there is certainly a a generosity of that, you know, for an actor um, where certain other actors may have hammed it up a bit or insisted that they be able, that they don't just sit there back and take it, but he gets across a lot of emotion. He has to frequently say one thing while feeling and meaning something completely different. And we, as the audience have to be right on board with that. And I think we are because we all understand that at no point whatsoever when he says, I love you, does he mean it?
4: Right. <laughs> yeah. No, but they all be- know
5: what he's doing.
4: No, but there, there um, is a scene, the scene when it's raining outside and she comes in and says, here's your pills and starts to walk back out. He asks her, what's the matter? And in <laughs> that moment, I believe that he actually wants to know what's wrong. And he's actually yeah. worried about her.
2: Yep. Well, I think he's also worried about himself because yeah, of the yeah, way she is. Thinking, but so, yeah. but
1: well, I, think right, I think you're right. I think he cares. He is, but, yeah, I think you know he that.
5: cares. Yeah. Yep. She's a woman who, well, she did help him. Let's, let's be honest. She saved his life. So there is that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Because otherwise, he probably would have froze to death out in the his uh, right. was it Mustang?
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Um, yeah you don't dr- drive a r- perfect rear car drive. for that weather. Yeah, you don't <laughs> drive real well with that. Yeah, but anyway, continue. yeah, he kind of had it coming.
5: <laughs> <laughs> um, so he does owe her something, even if it's a really weird, fucked up kind of thing. And like I said, and we all said, she's a person who is in desperate need of actual medication. Uh, had he found out yet? Had he found the? Uh, had he found
4: the book? I don't remember. You no, know, just how. Mm-hmm. That was closer to the end, I think. Yeah. No, I think he found the book after. I think after that scene when he realizes that a she's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs cuckoo. and b she's got a gun. Um, yeah.
1: Well, first of all,
5: Cocoa Puffs I'm, are right ask I gotta make sure I don't kill out. us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and nothing wrong with cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs.
2: I, I love the uncomfortable scene when she brings the pig in and he's got the distaste for the pig on his face, but he's got to pretend that he likes the pig. And then as she does the little pig snort, as she's leaving, he has this look on his face. That's just perfect.
3: Well, perfect. But at, at that point, I, I don't think he knew she was kidnapping him. yet, Did you? I don't think at he did. Uh, do... I'm pretty sure. he did. Well, I think It'll he's beginning that,
2: to at least have an idea.
3: He may he may have have an idea. You're right, but it shows you that he did grow up in the ghetto because he didn't like the pig. He was like disgusted. Yeah, he didn't you know, not not like the pig because if, if it was me, I would have thought, oh, that's pretty cool. But yeah, me too. Yeah,
1: um, weird. But, like, Ed,
5: but it is also that I've been been stuck in your house for a couple of days now. It's 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 getting weird. You know the whole well,
1: yeah. Guess some well,
5: fish stink after three days. <laughs> right, right,
3: right. Well, up here we have um, people that, this guy that has a bunch of pigs and he brings them everywhere with him. So it's not uncommon for me to see stuff like that. So it wouldn't have made me think it was weird, but I could see someone from the city and what, what's this? This is kind of weird. A pig in the house and stuff like that. So.
5: What is weird is that there is no, to the best of my, my, my recollection here, there is no Chekhov's pig. Right. Yeah, I think,
3: it, I, think the, I think that was just added in the film to just you know get a, a humorous moment because
5: it really doesn't just to add to her her quirkiness or character. Yeah,
3: yeah, because there's nothing later in the film about the pig, and there's nothing except you know when when she says hi to the pig when she drives into and he gives her the finger, and that's it. That's the only <laughs> other time we see the pig. So it was more of a thing to just get us to laugh because when she does the the pig thing and runs around like a pig it's just like oh god this is nuts so I think that was more what it was than a Chekhov pig <laughs> because if it was a Chekhov's pig Mike, the pig would have came into the room and he would have had the knife to the pig or something say I'll kill you pig I'll kill you pig <laughs> like that. and she would have freaked out or something you know, But or or but, the
5: pig was going to be like, cute, like she fed the dead bodies to the pig
3: yeah, exactly. But
4: oh man, go out to the pig pen and just find a bunch of baby clothes.
5: <laughs> damn, I think the cops would of have them. found that, like, for the trial, <laughs> right? I mean, <laughs> uh, shit, we forgot. Why? How'd she get off? Did anybody check the pig pen? <laughs>
1: God damn it!
4: Damn it!
5: Too late now. Double Jeopardy.
4: <laughs> check the
3: fecal material. I'm
4: protected by Final Jeopardy.
3: Uh um all right, so let's talk about the penguin.
4: The penguin.
1: Uh, well, uh, for, uh, out,
4: and I don't I don't know how to pick locks. It seems you know weird what? to me that it would be as easy as using a bobby pin like that.
3: But but well first you of all You could it was, do it, it's not easy. <laughs> well I'll tell you this. Her lo- internal locks. And um, our we we used to have a a second house when I was a kid, and it, and all the internal rooms had skeleton key locks, mm-hmm. and this these were skeleton keys, so it's it's not as difficult to do it, yeah. Okay. But also, they ha- they they answer the question easily because he goes, oh, I I, I did it. You know, so they threw in a line that made us not just roll our eyes and say, "How the hell could he do that?" You yeah,
5: know, he, it was accidental
2: almost <laughs> yeah
3: exactly <laughs> he and, he surprised he himself. Was a,
5: he was a ghetto kid, which meant he was a little young criminal uh, <laughs> yeah. so, I mean, so they, they, they at least give you a plausibility but yeah i've I'm with Phil, I've had that lived in a house, I rented a house uh when I was in college that had that kind of a lock, and yeah it's it's pickable um
1: yeah, yeah. Okay,
4: I'll take your word for it. Not
5: not in, like, two seconds, but it's pickable.
4: Yeah, yeah.
3: And, and the holes are big enough that you can actually look through and look watch people. And See other the tumblers, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's kind of there, there's a
5: reason that we don't use those kind of <laughs> exactly. yeah. systems anymore. That's yeah. True. Yeah. That was true. yeah. Those are the great big locksmithing conglomerates. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's a conspiracy.
3: But, but the, the, the,
5: he but
4: figures out how to get out of his room and is exploring the house. And in his journey uh, around the house, he is in a wheelchair, and he bumps against something and knocks a ceramic penguin off a shelf. And you think it's going to break, and you're like, (gasps) but then he catches it, and you're like, yay, he catches it. But then he puts it back in the shelf facing the other direction than it was originally. And I don't know how Rob Reiner accomplished this, but... Every time I have watched this movie with somebody else, they instantly pick up on the fact that the Penguin's the wrong way.
3: I did, too, when I saw it in 1990. And, and, and
4: that's got to be something that Ry, Reiner did.
1: Well,
3: he focuses on the Penguin even before he comes to the place where the Penguin is. So we've okay. already have seen it. And then he bumps it, and then he puts it back. But the thing that's interesting about the scene is that payoff literally happens an hour later Mm -hmm. into the film. And that's when she uses the box and bangs his feet. It's not immediate. Mm -hmm. So I, I thought that. That was pretty cool because I, because um, when I remembered the film, I thought it ha- he she figured it out like in fifteen minutes or ten minutes after the scene, but it's really like forty five or fifty minutes later that she she comes in and says, "I know, I saw my penguin He's not facing not facing south anymore."
2: Well, and that's a great scene. It's tense because he falls asleep. He he gives up finally because he thinks that she's not going to come to his room, so he puts that knife under the mattress at that mm-hmm. point. And right. It's just the tension of that scene is perfect. But
3: but, but the is, is, is are you sure? that's that. the, I think that's the second time though, Barrett, right? Isn't the first time he gets the the drugs and then he he hears her coming back up the road and she he flies back in and then he's sweating because he thinks he's going to get caught. Remember that? So I think that's, Right, but the
2: penguin the penguin is when he has the knife. He gets he's got the knife, he's waiting for her and he's going to get her with the knife. And he's waiting and waiting, and she, he expects her to come through the door, but she goes to watch TV. And then he falls asleep after he puts the knife in the ma- under the mattress, and that's when he wakes up to her standing above him.
3: Okay, but that's, that's the – I thought that was the – I thought the person was a little time.
4: confused. Um, there are two times he leaves. I believe it's the second journey out when he finds the scrapbook that he knocks the penguin off the shelf. Okay. Yeah. but it's still later on in the film that it comes back and she says something about it.
5: So it's the first time he goes out that he knocks the penguin off. Is it? And that's what yeah, I thought. And yeah. she, right, and it's not until the second time because she, she knows he went out but doesn't know how he got out. And she says that. So she knew he was out because, and she mentions it because of the penguin. So she's known about it the whole time. We're waiting for that and we as the audience, we know that's there we're waiting for the other penguin to drop. Right. And that's <laughs> adding to the tension because we know he's going to get caught somehow. At some point she's going to see the penguin is, is wrong. Um, and turns out she's known all along. She picked it up right away. Mm. Uh, and okay. then, and then it was the second time that he goes out and sees the scrapbook
3: and he gets the knife
5: and, 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 and he has the knife and, and now she knows she has to, Laid right. down. And that's then,
2: when she tells him about the penguin, right?
5: Yeah, that's when she yeah. tells him about the penguin, and then that's right. when she decks him, and then he wakes up, uh, you know, with his with his feet between the the wooden block. Um, well, and I'm, uh, I'm,
3: surprised yeah. I'm surprised she didn't notice that he had swiped some of her drugs, especially if she's OCD.
4: You know, because he, had well, a he was very conference. careful to kind of move it back into
3: place. Yeah, that's so looks, yeah, right. that's
5: going to be something that's harder, and it's on a shelf unless you're really like, actually counting.
3: right? It wasn't like she a, had,
5: like, three packs.
3: Right, it's not a, a claimed possession like her penguin, nor is it a knife that she would usually grab to when she's cooking.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: So, or uh, stabbing. <laughs> right. I was
5: going to say, Phil, I think one thing that might have helped with the penguin is that there are other little animals there, and right. all or most of the little animals that we see are all pointing to the left side of the screen. Oh, that's
4: what it was. That's how he did it. And then, uh, when yeah.
5: you pick, and then when they put the penguin back, the penguin is not facing the same way as all the other animals.
4: Yeah, yeah. Right. So
5: that might be the, 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 the cue that they used to let the audience know it was the wrong way.
3: Yeah.
4: Right, right. I think you're right. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And, and, and even though it's quote-unquote OCD, it, you could argue that it's not even OCD because, you know, I mean, when you have your – I mean, we all have our little uh, geek – Figurines that we got at conventions and stuff, and we have.
4: Uh, Well, I think the thing that makes it OCD is the fact she knows it's due south.
3: (laughs) Okay, that's 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 fair. You're right, not a certain direction, but due south. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's fair. Okay, yeah. Well, which way would you have your penguin's
0: face?
4: Whatever. (laughs) I don't have penguins. It's a
5: it's a it's a poor penguin that's cut off from his family, and they all live in the south. Of course, he's going to look south.
4: Wow, that's true. Well, opinion. yeah. Now I know it. Mike's Mike's <laughs> a weirdo too.
3: <laughs> Mike is a behavioral health. Of
5: course, engineer. of course, you could also argue that he should be looking north because penguins are in the South Pole, and therefore, every direction they look are going to be north.
4: That is fair too. That is fair. Careful and mystic guys. Mike's gonna lunge at you
3: and yell, "Ah, sucker!"
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> Jesus. Um, so, um, yeah. So she, if if those are things that she notices all the time because it's her little hobby, yeah. He, he was he was gone for the moment. He put it back the wrong way.
2: Yeah. And to him, it was inconsequential, right? Like who's yeah. who's going to notice this thing pointing a different way? So to him, he didn't even think about it.
3: Yeah. Right. Well, he probably didn't even notice that it was that it was a certain way. He didn't, even, you know. This no, part not part. at all. He was just happy. To- right before it broke exactly yeah which by the way nice catch sure was <laughs> yep, yep. it's just like when he was in brian's song
4: i <laughs> haven't seen that one yeah
3: i, I saw it like a long, long time ago so I there,
4: there are a couple of movies of james cons i need to catch up with Well, i think i'm gonna watch thief this week because they're coming on the film cast next week
3: oh all right that's
4: good yeah i heard that one's pretty good actually
3: um that actually was a trivia question last night. Thief. Um, oh
4: my god, does nobody care about your trivia, Phil?
3: Well, you know. Um, <laughs> let's see, uh, anything else that we wanted to bring up uh, in this film here? Well, can I go... I
5: loved, uh, we've already talked about it, I just loved a lot of the dialogue with the sheriff and his deputy, who is also his wife, because everybody <laughs> in the town is doing triple duty.
1: There's that uh, I don't know fight. if that was
5: in the job description
3: originally.
1: uh <laughs>
5: You know, you have to help catch criminals and have sex with the sheriff. Mm-hmm. Um
3: Which is what she seemed like she'd rather been doing. She kept oh playing. yeah.
5: Right. So they they because right, 'cause they're driving the car and she reaches over and, and starts grabbing at his crotch and he's like, You're my duty. <laughs> working. You're, my deputy. you're not my wife. Yeah. Uh right. but there was a line he walks in, he picks up he's on the phone uh and he's saying and it's something to the effect of look, you put a
3: Oh, you put a bench put, out.
5: You put a you put a bench in front of your store. People, you, People you, are going to sit you, on you, it. What can I tell yeah. you? <laughs> yeah. it,
3: it was kind of like like in Jaws when when he's he complaining about uh, the kids knocking over his mailbox or something. I forget that
4: C- karate chopping the fence. Yeah,
3: that's it. That's it. Yeah, the karate chopping fence kids. Right.
5: Well, it's just such a random thing to say, and it just but it adds character it adds quirk it tells you this guy is still doing something his life is not simply bound up in the uh yeah. in the misery novels or yeah. the misery novels in the uh mystery right and yeah, reading uh, mystery
3: novels i, I so, gotta say yeah. his fosworth's best line in my opinion was when he's in the store asking about wilkes and he, he's ta- uh, the guy says yeah he bought she bought a bunch of paper and what type of paper? The type that you, you type type with, not the newspapers or something. And he goes, he goes, that's not weird, is it? And and he's already walking out the door. Nope, that's not weird at all, and because he already knows he's he's got the <laughs> connection. And it's like, right. all right, here we go. This is now we're we're going. This is part. Oh, uh, what, what is it? third third act? Here we go. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. I felt devastated that he died too. That was terrible.
4: Yeah, me too. He got. It was really shocking too, because you know something bad's going to happen to him, yeah. uh, but we haven't seen the shotgun before,
1: <laughs> right?
4: <laughs> right. So the shotgun comes out of nowhere and blows a hole in his chest. You're just like, "Wow!"
3: <laughs> Thank yeah. God they didn't they didn't show his wife's reaction after she finds out he's dead. I wouldn't want to see any of that. That would have been terrible. She would have been yeah, and, like mass misery.
5: And this is, I think, a no good example of like where where you're different from films that would have been like in the 1950s where it would have ended once the cops had gotten there.
1: The right.
3: The cops right. found him,
5: the cops arrested him.
3: Right. Arrested or, her. or he would have got shot with the shotgun, but at the end they, they have him being put in the ambulance with a, with a thumbs up <laughs> and, he, and he didn't die. It's like, Oh, thank God. Lame. Yeah. But that's what they were doing in the fifties. Nowadays, He's dead. It, Boom! Well, not only
5: that, do they kill him, but it, you, they also recognize that you can't just, you know, have a thing where you wait for the airplanes to come in and bomb the giant monster. Your heroes actually have to be the ones that solve the problem. So, James Khan has to get his own way out of this.
3: Right,
5: right, right.
1: right. Yeah, uh, but you know what? You know,
3: That's why I liked the, this movie a lot, was because of the B story was a, a true uh, gumshoe type thriller. And it was legitimate, so even if James Conn couldn't get himself out of it himself, Farnsworth being the hero would have been a great story too. I felt. I think you're more about that than the rest of us. I th- yeah. Well,
5: I think yeah. if they kept was, Farnsworth alive, they wouldn't have been able to. They would have to have had Farnsworth
3: Farn, go back yeah.
5: after he solves the problem that he. But he gets there after Conn frees himself. I don't think there would have been. You had to have Con Yeah. Work his way through his problems so he could get rid of his writer's block Uh, yeah, so uh yeah i I did think he was doing pretty well hobbling around uh, at the end of the film. He's on a cane, right, but
4: <laughs> right eighteen months later <laughs> well,
5: and I like
2: that it ends with uh, another one of his number one fans
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, and something that uh Rob Reiner said during the uh commentary was that I mean uh. Phil and Barrett have read the book. Uh, one of the main differences between the book and the movie is that in the book, she doesn't hobble him per se. She uh-huh. cuts cut off, of off a foot. Yep. Yeah. And Rob Reiner was saying that uh, they didn't want it to seem like Paul Sheldon lost. And if he, he gets his foot chopped off, he lost. Uh, whereas if he's, you know, got a limp, he still won. There was a price to pay, but he still won. Whereas if he lost his limb, that's that's losing, and that's why he explained that particular change.
2: I actually like it better because um, he can heal from it, and a chopped off foot. It, yeah, that's just yeah. I don't know. I just liked it better this way. Well,
3: and yeah. also I, I like the fact that it's hobbled because. You, you know, you always have the problem of, uh, and the realism of chopping off someone, the blood loss and all this other stuff. And, mm-hmm. and, 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 she'd need all this equipment and just infections the and yeah. And all that crap. Well, well, I was just hobbling him. Makes it is bad without all the, the, uh, drama around. Drama. No, I, I agree. It's a
4: great choice yeah. for the movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, one scene in the book though, that I did miss, and I understand why they didn't put it in the movie, but I, I loved reading it in the book, uh, it was that there's a scene um, in the book where she chops off his thumb with an electric kitchen knife um, and then serves it to him on a birthday cake.
5: You <laughs> <laughs> me? That's getting into 80s slasher territory, right? You could right. see that on, like, the poster. Right,
1: you know, you right. Know, like, for,
5: like, happy birthday to me and...
4: <laughs>
1: so, I mean,
5: so
4: the end product of the movie I understood why it wasn't in there It, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense um,
3: But I, I, I remember Reading that now, what, Which scene is this again? What, what was it?
4: Uh, when she cuts off his thumb and serves it to him on a birthday cake
3: Oh yeah, yeah. And I'm glad they got rid of that
1: too yeah.
3: I, I liked it I mean she was crazy enough In 1990 to watch it But I, I like it better uh, This way Because it's not as like dementedly evil
4: however i think think, uh, the adaptation choices they made were good ones
3: yeah yeah i mean i mean it leaving in the baby thing makes sense about the finger and the and the the foot Mm chop-offs but but i think that changing it for the movie the way they did it makes it uh a little better because yeah so a little less over the top Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's that's something up there. Mm -hmm.
5: I mean, I actually I mean, I generally do like it when you get these movies and people go through hell. And there's scars, right? There's something that's not just, oh, I got shot in the side. But if I need to run away really fast, I'll be able to do that.
1: (laughs) Right. You know,
5: Um, or the old. I got shot in the shoulder and it doesn't hurt at all. You know, it's just, <laughs> I, I I like when you get characters where there's, where's when they're going, it's a horror film. Right. And that, that's horrific. It's, that's kind of the point. And the characters walking away with real physical trauma. Um, <clears throat> when like, say, I don't know, Sidney Prescott, who was in like five screen films and yeah, you know, <laughs> problematic, but right. otherwise is just perfectly fine. Uh, I, I always loved the, uh, the friend in the fly who shows up again for the fly too, you know, who's just <laughs> completely deranged and lost his hand, and you know, yes, these yeah, things yeah. have have actual impacts on people, uh, and not just psychological impacts. There's mm-hmm. ugly physical stuff there, even if it's just a scar. So, I, I, in a weird way, I do appreciate that. I do like that, and there is a, and there is a, we all have that, right? The, the notion that there is a a horror to that of us going through an ordeal that will never be the same again. We And we're all now at that point where, you know, sometimes you wake up and something hurts and you're going, is this forever?
4: <laughs> is, yeah, this, is this ever going to feel better again? You know, yeah. You know, exactly. this, yeah.
5: <laughs> is this like, this isn't like when I was younger where like it would be dead better by dinner time.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so, yeah. So, the, uh... so that
5: makes that, those, that, those pains more real.
1: Yeah.
4: Uh, one thing I wanted to talk about was the scene where this is the one where she, she, she ends it with, you know, he didn't get out of the cock car. Oh,
1: yeah. Uh,
4: because, because uh, <laughs> even though everybody laughs at that and it's a great line and everything. Uh, one thing that really hit home for me, this, this watch is that she's fucking right. Um, that's true. Like everything yeah. she's saying to him about how he cheated with, with the new book because yep. he retconned the ending of the last one because she ends that whole thing because everybody thinks she ends it with cock car, but she doesn't. She says at the end of the last book, she was under the ground. You have to start there That's and right. walks it out of the room, and she's yep.
3: absolutely right. Absolutely. Yep. You can't retcon. Well,
5: this is where – this is the...
3: But, uh, this ain't God, it's Godzilla films. You can't retcon.
5: Well, it's not Godzilla. It's not Star Wars. Somehow, Palpatine returned.
3: Right? Yeah, that was it's... ridiculous. Oh, my God. That was so stupid. Who returned? I'm talking about Star Wars. Ever again. You know what? You know what her, her language was like to me? Kevin Letts? Crumbs.
1: <laughs> Crumbs. <laughs> You're right. Crumbs. <laughs> Yes. Ah, ah, <laughs> <You> know, so... <laughs> we
3: actually got an email complaining about Kevin saying, "Did he actually say crumbs?" And it's
4: like, oh, and I just... they can stuff it. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, exactly. That's why I responded. That's curse. That's Look, I'll
5: him. I'll fucking swear with the best of them. I I enjoy right. the sound, uh, the feel of a good fuck coming out of my mouth.
4: Well, you know, but, and uh, the thing. If somebody, if somebody says something like, if, if Kevin were to say to me. You know what? It it really offends me when you curse. Can you try not to do that? I'll try and respect that. Um, yeah. I, you know, fine. Everybody's okay, got their own boundaries. It's,
5: it's not yeah. for everybody.
2: I'd okay. like to hear him say cockadoodie though. <laughs>
4: you know. <laughs> not, now <laughs> I want
3: to hear that from him. Yeah, we'll have to ask him the next time we talk to him.
4: <laughs> I just, I just tend to curse unless you ask me not to or i'm at work
3: <laughs> yep exactly yeah, well it's all about I, the I, audience right all about I, the audience I, I actually since i work from home i i curse all the time at my computer and i'm, I'm pretty sure you know what's funny about that <laughs> call
2: I, I didn't realize i was not on mute the other day and i was working on something and i was like <laughs> damn it
3: why won't this work, <laughs> dude? Dude, 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 we, dude! One of the Indian folk where it was was not on mute. This was this was like a, a year ago, and I wish I remember who it was, but it was a woman, and she started swearing. Her, she's going, you motherfucker. and it's like she's yelling at like her husband or something in the background. It's like holy shit, and so Ratu was like all pissed, and she okay, she goes, hey, you have to be on mute, and you can't use this language ever again. <laughs> And so she had to mute the person because the person didn't even hear. Or tell it. it was like, oh, so embarrassing. Oh my god, that's hilarious. Uh,
4: I actually knew somebody who. Uh, my my company was a local company. We got acquired by a bigger company, and uh, one of the guys I know, the guy who actually got me the job at the company, uh, went to the meetings where they where they were discussing uh, future plans. <laughs> he actually got up in a room full of like the executives and everything and told about how it's important to keep um, the the people who are involved with the product involved with it since they had the experience. And, and don't don't farm it out to a bunch of fucking Indians.
1: Oh, <laughs> just, oh, oh, ah. <laughs> <Whoops. laughs> you can't say that. <laughs> Whoops. Just I have asked the.
5: A nice Indian lady, if if she could teach me some of the swear words in her language.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Yeah, yeah. It really picked up the best powers. I don't know how we got off on that. Sorry. Yeah. Good change. Oh, well, we're talking about minute.
4: cursing. That's what it was. Yeah, but we're talking about <laughs> Kevin Lett and crumbs, so. crumbs. Crumbs. The cock a duty car. <laughs> that's that's got to be one of the best line deliveries ever.
3: It is. It is because it's it so is. ridiculous, <laughs> and yet it's all true. Perfect. Yeah, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you start.
5: I, she is absolutely right, and as you yeah. said, she's absolutely wonderful. Oh, oh,
3: and then then he corrects her. He says, "Oh, you mean like cereals? I'm not stupid. I know what they are." Or Listen something. here, Mister Man. Listen here, Mister
1: yeah,
5: Man. Mr. Man. Yeah, that's right. He called them cliffhangers, and she said, they're also called cereals. I know that.
2: Yeah, that's it. That's it, Mister yeah. Man.
5: <laughs> now, now you tell me that doesn't sound like a professional podcaster. <laughs>
3: That's awesome. So can, <laughs> yeah. But but yeah, I mean I mean he, he was being a little condescending there, and then she, went, was. she wasn't going to take it. She wasn't going to well, take it. But then again, you
4: know Mister Man, God, she's so great.
3: Yeah yeah, she's awesome. And and, and but you know what, she deserved to type the writer to the head after what she did to his manuscript. Yeah yeah. Imagine that. You know what? The the legs were bad, and all the other stuff was bad. But to burn the one copy after all that fucking work, and he has to rewrite the whole thing from scratch after because of some stupid, su- stupid superstition he had where he goes, I only have to, ha- I only can have one copy. And she knew it, that bitch.
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> it also going back. Well, there's, you know, there's no, there's a great line at the end of the movie though when he when he burns the mystery book and he just right before he lights that fire he just looks right at her and says, I learned it from you. <laughs> That was awesome. <laughs> Which
2: just made me think a lot of,
4: to kill. She, she takes a
2: punishment, man.
3: She does. too. She's,
4: she she's a well-built woman, man. She's not fragile.
3: Yeah, she,
2: yeah. a no,
4: like,
1: actually.
5: she, cried open the car door, hauled his ass out of there. I don't think he's a small man.
1: Right. Uh huh.
5: And and dragged his ass like carried him over her shoulder mm-hmm. through the snow.
3: Yep. Yeah, you she's know, not she's a scared. dainty wallflower.
5: Exactly.
3: Uh, right. We saw we saw we saw uh, Red's farms looking like a jackass trying to get through the snow, and his wife's laughing at him. And,
1: <laughs> and he's and, uh, inches from, you know, from the car.
4: car.
3: Oh, I'm enjoying myself. <laughs> that's right. That's what he said. That's awesome.
2: inches from the car. And, uh, <laughs> right.
3: And, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's devastating. And he knew it too. He's a good policeman. And and oh, and, she, and the wife's a wise ass too. It's probably. It was probably just weather or something. It could have been the weather, it could have been the snow, but it could be something else. <laughs> he was right, he was right, he was doing police work. That was crazy, crazy, crazy. tug um, duty snow, duty snow. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Her two experiences with fire are hilarious because she, when she put license yes! manuscript and those, all the things go flying all over the place, and she starts <laughs> going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's one like way up on the curtain. Yes, you I think the house is going to burn that. down. I, I thought that was going to burn. I saw that. Did anybody down. else think back
5: to the. Uh, oh, well, first of all, yeah, the, the flying around and he's got gasoline. I like, anyone think about the, the line? I learned it from you. The old drug commercial.
4: Yes, absolutely.
5: Yes. Eh?
1: Oh, I yeah. Learn I learned it from you, dad. I remember that. So I'm I pretty remember sure the that. PSA yeah.
4: came out after this movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know about that. I thought
5: that was 80s.
3: Nah,
5: that, that was know.
3: that was a weird psa too because the, the both the father and the son were like just normal middle-class people and it wasn't like wait, well, you don't
4: think middle-class people do drugs
3: well they they seemed like the, the father seemed like he was not a druggie anymore and so he, i learned it from he, they should have the father come in like a bump. 1987 yeah oh so before oh, minutes, 87 before. okay yeah. so no i'm saying middle-class folk it is true but But the way they that PSA, usually when you can kinda tell when someone's a fuck up, the father's a fuck up and he wasn't. He didn't act it. So I never bought that PSA. Is James Con
4: ever in a PSA? I don't
3: think so. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so we'll we'll move on. Um (laughs) it's 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 Mike's fault. He brought it up. Mike. Mike brought it up.
1: (laughs) Like how I did that,
3: though. That was subtle, wasn't it? It was well done.
5: You know what you know where I got that from, Phil? I got it from you. (laughs)
3: What, the non-sequitur? Yes. Very well. I learned it it
5: while I was playing trivia at the bar.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I've taught you well, Mike. I've taught you
5: well.
4: (laughs) I learned it after Uh, studying the geographic origins of every single actor in a movie that's ever been
1: made. (laughs)
3: Norwegian. (laughs) Um... Uh <laughs> All right. Oh, um, oh yeah. Now, Mike, the last thing before we we do start wrapping up, uh, Lauren Bacall, explain.
5: Yeah, I just, just didn't find her that performance that great.
3: It's just a bit part. It doesn't matter. It served its
4: purpose.
5: Yeah, I, it just felt like she like got a day to come in, read her lines, and left.
2: It well, it did like say it. with Lauren Bacall, so you know.
5: Because it's fucking Lauren Bacall,
1: right? <laughs> So, all
5: right. So here's the question. Before we get to the wrap up, here's the question. Okay. And we know we know one person's answer. (laughs) (laughs) Who's Who's the one? If they wrote you as the character in the misery book,
3: who is tied to your bed? Oh, I see what. Oh, I see what you're. Oh, okay. Like you're a dink.
2: I'm not answering that question.
3: I don't know what Phil's answer is. <laughs> yeah, see, you're doing the Phil's same thing. That's why I didn't ask you. I knew who lineup. you were talking
5: Phil
4: about. Is.
5: We all know Phil <laughs> is
1: taking Taylor Swift.
3: <laughs> oh, fuck Christ, I'm out. Uh, I would say Mike would take... Um, oh, uh, Queen Marjorie.
5: Now, I'd That's probably not. do something like I'd take like William Shatner and make him give me a live commentary track to Kingdom with the Spiders. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> he probably would. You probably would.
1: Yeah. Or <laughs> you know
5: what? No, fuck that. <laughs> Who knows? I you know what? I would, do it, I would do it to Steven Spielberg because he do commentary tracks.
1: <laughs> but we could
5: sit there and do a commentary track for Jaws, for Close Encounters, for Raiders of the Lost Ark.
3: He hasn't done any commentaries? Yeah, maybe no. no.
5: And then and then the son of a bitch, I saw him do an interview for the remastering of Lawrence of Arabia. And he's talking about how awesome it was. Be sitting in the theater watching Lawrence of Arabia next to David Lean. And he's telling him all about the movie while he's watching it. It's like, you dumbass, that's a commentary track. <laughs> that,
3: that would be, have that been good, people yeah. That's what have been asking you to do. And I, I Mike Jerry Astor. Know. Mike <laughs> the, the best director of all time, David Lean. Anyway, what was you saying, Barrett?
2: I would pick Ari Aster. It'd be like he's living one of his own movies.
3: <laughs> oh, that's a
4: good one. <laughs> and, uh, and Eric? I, I I said mine might be just Stephen King. <laughs> yeah, I could see that.
5: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, And then you say, would you like some birthday cake? <laughs>
1: Would you have toe with that? <laughs> <laughs>
3: anyway, all right. So uh, I guess like we could probably start wrapping this up, right? right so uh, Sure. All right. All right. So uh, since we've recorded for about an hour and 54 minutes, we, we don't have much time to discuss anything else. So uh, we'll probably just get into our wrap up. So, uh, Erica, what other podcasts do you do with your buddy Dan? I
4: do a general interest podcast called the Scancy Podcast. That's spelled A-S-K-A-N-C-I-T-Y. You can find it wherever you got this one.
3: All right. And uh, Barrett, uh, me and you and some random co-hosts uh, do another podcast that uh, we just wrapped up. Uh, June?
2: Yes. Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews. We just wrapped up Pride Month. Uh, we have four movies that we reviewed uh, for Pride Month, and they're all out there now to be listened to.
3: All right, that's good. And uh Mike, uh me, you and Eric sometimes do another podcast. Uh,
5: a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. You could be talking about two different ones that I'm off the top
3: of my that's head. True. Uh the 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 one that we do not 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 too often, but when we we get time okay, to do it.
5: So this would be the Cinema Card podcast where we yep. review movies that are not necessarily dark discussions material, but usually still something genre related. Uh, so, for instance, uh, we have reviewed Lateral. We have reviewed um, Jack Reacher. Re- I keep going back to Tom Cruise movies. I don't know why. Uh, we've reviewed uh, Flash Gordon. Yeah, you know, We've reviewed it. We've reviewed Inside Out. So it's whatever happens to strike our fancy at that particular time. We each take turns picking a film. Uh, we have another science fiction film that was my choice is the next one up. Um, so that comes to you. semi-monthly. Basically, was always intended to be a podcast to do when we weren't, didn't have a regular second podcast going on at the
3: time. Indeed. And, Eric, uh, me, you, and Mike uh, just brought up doing another podcast. That is one of the reasons why Cinema a la Carte is temporary and high
4: Yeah. Unfortunately, we're continuing with Bulls, Brothels, and Bots, uh, Westworld podcast.
3: That's right, and we do that weekly uh, until the season end, which will be I think the fifteenth of enough. August or something like that. I guess yeah.
4: you're not enjoying the newest season, Eric.
3: No, but I'm I'm the odd man out on this. Well, it's it's not it, you know it's not unfair. Put it that way, Eric. It's not <laughs> Um All right, so uh, I guess we can get into our final thoughts on this film here. So uh, I'll start. Um, yeah, it's a really good film. Uh, it's uh, one of the uh, better, uh, horror films, uh, based off of Stephen King, uh, book, but also, uh, just a good film, uh, and a, uh, good horror film anyway. Uh, I recommend 32 years old, so everybody should see it. Uh, so yeah, it's a good film. Eric? Uh,
4: I agree. I would, I would say this now classifies as a classic movie. Uh, I picked it up on 4k disc and I'm glad that I did. Uh, I still have another commentary track to listen to, so that's cool. Um, we're doing this in tribute of James Conn, Um and I think I never really acknowledged before, because I was so focused on Kathy Bates, how important he is to this movie, um, because it doesn't work without both of them being excellent, uh, and he is excellent in this movie. Um, so I think it's a fitting tribute to talk about. So, yeah, uh, Misery is a favorite of mine.
3: All right, sounds good. Uh, Barrett?
2: Yeah, I love this film, and I agree with everything Eric and Phil have said about it, um, and I'm sure I'll agree with whatever Mike says about it. It is a great film. You should see it if you haven't. Um, It is definitely one of Stephen King's better adaptations. uh, Just well worth seeing.
3: All right, sounds good. And uh, let's go with you, Mike. Yeah, I think this is Easily a top ten Stephen King film, if not a
5: top five. Uh that would be an interesting conversation to have. Uh a breakout performance by Kathy Bates. You know, always a good reminder that there are some excellent actors out there who are not going to cost you a ton of money and not well known and should always look and try to give people a chance. Uh it certainly has given us gave us some iconic moments and some iconic dialogue. Uh and again as oh, what everybody has said, performances are fantastic. Uh, the direction is solid. Uh, it is certainly well worth your time.
3: All right, sounds good. Uh, one other thing I wanted to bring up was the Munster trailer was just released, a uh, Rob Zombie film that's coming out later this year, and hopefully we'll do an episode on that. But uh, people can did check that, that out. you watch the YouTube. trailer? I did. Well, because my kids want to see it, because they're they all excited because I've been pumping it up for. A year now because I play Rob Zombie movies. Oh, music. that was a mistake. Well, no, well, no, they'll enjoy it because I mean, they, my my youngest thought Jurassic World Dominion was good, so they're going to love this. You know?
0: They're young; they have no taste.
3: Of course, exactly. So, <laughs> uh, but, but well, I, uh, I am
5: trying to keep an open mind. I think if you, I, I, I kind of did this with the trailer I, after I watched it uh, once or twice, a couple of times, because I was like, for, like the second time was like, could it have been as bad as I thought it was? Um, if you pause it. Like, a lot of the stills you could get out of that would look really good as promotional yes. shots. Oh, for sure. But there was just something, and I I, I actually like the way the cast look. I think he's, uh, uh, Rob Zombie's gone the a long way great. To, great. to recreate the look of the film. I've never thought that the the monsters ever worked in color, but I know they're not making a black and white film. Maybe for a director's cut on DVD. But uh, the way the trailer is just edited together, the sound is awful. It feels so... And built low budget. I, I, I
3: think it's supposed budget. to be that way though. It's, to, it's intentional, that's what I heard. But
5: Monsters was was T V cheap, but it was not like made in my backyard and basement cheap. So um I don't know, we'll see. I'll see how it comes across. Um, I don't have my I, I the, the the trailer really brought me down. Um I was defending it at least on the keep an open mind principle. But woof, I've suddenly become much more skeptical.
4: So I, don't, I don't like I, I anything, just, so I don't care.
2: I kind of wish Sherry Moon Zombie wasn't in it to be honest I'm just yeah.
3: She was, she she looks pretty good and I, I mean as as I'm not saying she doesn't look
2: good I just I she's I don't know. Plays the same too. person every film so.
3: Right. Well, this I'll is a comedy with that. So, this is a comedy so I, I think she'll be Yeah, she was she was good in Lords of Zion completely different than the same Yeah, that's fair point. But anyway, it's, it's fair. We, we know why she gets the roll. Funny how close uh, is. we
4: don't have time for anything else and then brought up something else.
3: Uh, well, I just. <laughs> He's allowed to do I, it. We're not allowed just, to talk about anything. I was just planning to say that with the trailer, and then Mike wanted to talk about it all so. <laughs> <Anyway. laughs> uh, But we'll talk a little more about the trailer next week in, oh, in, in, on the episode. So, uh, once again, this film here is Misery, a 1990 film, uh, directed by Rob Reiner. Based off of the Stephen King novel Misery, uh, written uh, screenplay by William Goldman, starring James Gunn, Kathy Bates, Richard Farnsworth, uh, and also Francis Sternhagen and Lauren Bacall. Uh, the film is readily available wherever VOD is, and it has a 4K version, as Eric just mentioned. And I have actually a Scream. Factory version of it as well, a collector's edition. So, uh, there's many options to see this film uh, everywhere. So, with all that stated, Eric, what don't you this up?
4: All right, thanks for tuning in and listening to this Patreon James Con about talking about misery. Come back next week; we'll have another topic. <laughs>